Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, an actual play podcast. Every episode microplot is a complete adventure with a beginning and end that fits into the overarching macroplot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these adventures in any order and can skip any you don't enjoy. Today, we're playing using the combat mechanics from a game called Dungeoneering. In this game, players delve into the depths of a dangerous dungeon to discover traps, bad guys, and most importantly, loot. A bit of a disclaimer, it's our first time playing this game, so we probably won't do everything perfectly. If you enjoy these mechanics, you can find Dungeoneering on drivethroughrpg.com slash product slash 383958 slash Dungeoneering. That's drivethrough, T-H-R-U, rpg.com. Build your own Dungeoneering character and play a game with friends. Speaking of friends, today we are joined by Rufus. Oh, that's me. Uh, hello, uh, I'm Rufus T. Carbuncle, human, salt and peppered haired pirate of single digited fingers. I, I don't I have one hand. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> wearing turquoise teal colors, uh, piratey outfit, leather belts everywhere, and thick salt and pepper mutton chops. Nice. Um, graveyard. Hello. Uh, my name is Graveyard. I am a six foot and a half tall uh, steel-born individual. I am copper colored uh, in, uh, in my metallic frame. I wear a uh, guard uniform with a poncho that I keep very clean. And I have one singular eye in the center of my head and it resembles a lens from a camera. Nice, and Tamara. Hey everybody, I'm practicing a character voice. To practice, I watch a video before the game, and I, you know, it, it's getting slightly better. So here's where I am today. I am playing the role of a carpet fitter. So, what do you say to the homeowner who wants you to install their flooring, but doesn't have enough tiles? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Surely I don't know. Yeah. But doesn't happen. I have no clue. Ma'am? That is a futile effort. Oh, boy. Oh. That was good. That was actually really good. <laughs> that wasn't even painful. That was just good. I like that. All of my jokes are stolen. <laughs> Still good. Okay, thank you. Today, we're playing Dungeoneering, a game designed to be played between bigger games as a sort of side game focused on grabbing as much loot as you can from a dungeon. Because of this... The game has basic stats and classes that can adapt to work with most other games. There are four main stats, Might, Intellect, Agility, and Favor. They correspond with each of the four available classes, Warrior, Magician, Thief, and Prophet. Would each of the players please state their chosen class and anything special they'd like to share about their character, starting with Rufus again. Uh, yes, I am a magician this time around, and I have high intellect and a decent amount of spells at my disposal. I plan to shock some things into death. That's my plan. Lightning magic. Perfect. And then Graveyard. Hi, uh, I am a prophet, and I use prayers um, quite a bit, but you might see that I might become forsaken later. Ooh, mm. interesting. And then Tamara. Tamara is wearing a work outfit like um, a contractor who would come into your home unsupervised and install carpet. <laughs> nice. 
All right. Now that we have a good idea of what each character looks like and has equipped for this adventure, let's begin the game proper with a quick synopsis. You're all holding onto a signed job notice. It reads, Adventurers Wanted, Dungeon Delve for Riches and Glory. The Nicomoy Museum of Natural History is looking for volunteers to uncover an ancient treasure vault. After recent seismic activity, a crag in the side of a nearby canyon formed. This, cr this crag may lead to a rumored dwarven treasure vault said to have been buried by a massive landslide hundreds of years ago. With this recent turn of events, we're in need of headstrong adventurers willing to accompany one of our archaeologists in exploring this crag that possibly leads to the treasure vault and recover as much treasure as you can carry. What the museum wants are ancient artifacts. Adventurers signing up for this mission must be willing to part ways with whatever artifacts they find. They will be handsomely rewarded for their contribution and have the opportunity to mark their names on the plaques of any artifacts found. Signed by Reese Eris, the director of Underground Expeditions. You've taken this job, spoken with Director Reese, and are now approaching the crag with archaeologist Archibald Arcana in your company. Archibald appears to be a six-foot tall human of muscular stature. It's the afternoon, and the sun is shining brightly into the canyon. Sweat beads on your forehead as vultures circle you overhead. <laughs> Colorful cacti contrast against the dry, drab rocks and sand. Archibald's nose is buried deep into his book as you enter, or as you near your destination. So what are we traveling on? Are we walking? Are we yes. in a wagon? It's not too far from Nicomore. I'm pretty sure you took wagons and what whatever to get there, but now you're on foot traveling okay. the canyon. It's like you're traveling to the Grand Canyon and you get out and you, you travel down. Now you're walking to the location. I see, I see. So okay. it's and you guys are walking on a semi deserted area. This is the first time in a long time we haven't taken a train together. I know, I know. <laughs> yes, and I and I love it. Now, who is the leader here? Is this Archibald or is this Reese? Is Archibald's with us? Yes, Archibald's with you. He's um, the Reese Eris gentleman is the director of Underground Expeditions, a semi-new unit of the museum that focuses specifically on on like well dungeoneering. <laughs> title drop and also and other things that have to do with like archaeology so that's why archibald's here as well he's assigned archibald to lead the group but archibald is not really equipped for adventuring you're more of his adventuring party and sort of escorting him i wouldn't necessarily call an escort mission he's just the bookish one that knows about all the history of where you guys are going and what you guys are looking for okay so I would like to turn to my group and to Archibald, and I say, how strongly do you think they they feel about the whole not, us not keeping artifacts? You know, they, I suppose that was part of it, and they said they'd handsomely reward us, but there could be good stuff down there that we, I don't know. I know, Graveyard, you lean a little bit more morally north than some of the rest of us, but I don't know, and I'm kind of nudging Archibald to see what his opinion is. Hmm. Well, Archibald's nose is deep in his book, and he hears you, and he looks up, and he says, well, I would imagine that they would, if you find plenty of artifacts, they'd let you keep at least one or two souvenirs here and there. But what they okay. really want are those magical artifacts that you can't find anywhere else. Okay. Well, I don't know. What do you two think? This belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, have yeah. no use for... Uh... The 
old, dusty sarcophagi, but I could use some gold. I'm sure if you find gold down there, they'll they'll want to keep a track of all the uh, art, you know, the the really special gold that's like priceless in its value. But like I say, once you once you turn all this in, you'll be handsomely rewarded for all of this. With gold. Yes, plenty of gold. Yes, this is a very high paying job. They pay you based on the amount of artifacts you find. Well, we better get in there and get ourselves a bunch of artifacts then. Yes. Is the ultimate home of these artifacts going to be what? A private collection or a public museum? A public museum. And if you if you so choose, your names will be um, put on the plaques of the artifacts you find. Can I choose any name? Yes, any name. <laughs> Just covering all my bases, you know. Rufus's true goal is to put like... Anything he wants on the plaque, like, I'm, I'm, this is a family show. No, it's not. Kids don't listen to this, but. <laughs> Archibald actually tells him, you'd better not put anything that's above PG-13. The discoverer will be like Alan Wrench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says that's fine. <laughs> Something like that would be perfect. Love it. Kids would love that. Googling uh, pirate uh, pun names now. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Okay, so there's a land. So there's this crag that we're approaching. Mm -hmm. Is it like obviously like a like a cave type entrance? Yes, it was just it was just a side of a canyon, and then there was seismic activity, and all of a sudden it just opened up. And from the map and the history of that area. That specific area was caught, was buried under a landslide, and it was the location of a supposed dwarven treasure vault. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, so do you have any more questions for Archibald? Are you ready to arrive? I think. Do I... we know what we're looking for? Yes. Yeah, like a... specifically. Hmm. Like, is there a specific? Uh, not that graveyard would know much about narrative uh, tropes, but is there a MacGuffin? <laughs> no, it is just. Loot. <laughs> all right. All right. You, you are just looking for whatever artifacts quantity, are in this quantity treasure Quantity over vault. quality. <laughs> they ha- if there is a specific thing you're looking for, it would be the vault itself. Oh, okay. Because it's supposed to be this large, like, fortified structure, but it's been buried. So if you're looking for a quote-unquote MacGuffin, it's the, it's the structure itself. Okay. Ah. Well, I will pull out one of my five torches and mm-hmm. I will light it up and I will venture on in. Mm-hmm. I'll explain torches in a bit. You don't need it right now because oh, okay. it's super okay. hot <laughs> and you're out <laughs> in the fair. bright sun. It's very right. bright today. There are no clouds, no precipitation. You wish you could get in that dungeon and just be out of the sun. So right. you finally arrive at the crag. The harsh sunlight shines directly into the cave mouth, but it's swallowed up by the black darkness within a low tremor is felt as sand falls from the ceiling. It seems like there's still some seismic activity going on. You wonder, is it actually a good idea to delve into this cave that, that is frequently experiencing tectonic shifts? But then you remember that there's a supposed treasure fall filled with infinite riches. It might be worth the risk. Well, team, I say we get on in there. Jess, let's go. I agree. Let's press forward, friends. Hey, hey, huzzah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. 
Yeah, Tamara follows you into the crag. Before the players delve into this cave, we need to go over party positions. There are two position lines, melee and ranged. The melee line can make melee and ranged attacks. The ranged line can only make ranged attacks, but may attempt to flee a fight with an agility check. Changing party position during combat costs an action. You can change at any time outside of combat. Would everyone please assign on their party positions before entering? I would like to be at the end, please. A lot of my stuff is within sight. Ranged for me, too. I think we're all kind of ranged. Oh, you oh, can't no. all be ranged. You're all melee, then. That's fine. If you're all ranged, then that just means you can't make melee attacks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, most, I'm, I'm mostly set up to fling spells and... Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Technically, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's me. So the only thing you need to keep in mind is if you're in, if you're in the range line, you can't make a melee attack. Okay. But you can throw spells or throw daggers. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, the listeners should know. If you aren't enjoying this episode, skip it. Go to the next one. This is a companion episode, so you're gonna see how two parties uh, bumble and stumble their way through the same plot. I imagine that we're doing great right now compared to the other group. Um, Just fantastic. Hey, nobody's died yet, so we're doing great. That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it gets dark. You begin walking... Okay, so I need to explain resources. You begin walking into the cave. You'll need to light torches in order to see. For those listening, Dungeoneering uses a mechanic called Dungeon Turns to track a player's limited resources. The three resources in the game are torches, nourishment and rest after a certain amount of dungeon turns pass these three resources begin to deplete when each of these players resources is depleted they suffer a penalty so now you would turn a torch on and you're walking to the cave and now all your resources start to deplete from your torches to your nourishment to your um rest so i light the first torch i've got four left Mm-hmm. And each you can't just borrow a torch. Like I have one torch, and everyone can see. But no, you all have to use your own torch. Okay, so we're all using mm-hmm. a torch. Okay, all right. Oh, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah, how think yeah, you have to use at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys, this is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Torches only last for sixty minutes, so like we've got five hours in here. All right. Until darkness. <laughs> <laughs> But right. each dungeon turn take is ten minutes of torch time, so that's how okay. it works. So yeah, it's. Let's see. Okay, after around ten minutes of walking, there it is. Ten minutes. So torches are already down, um, by one, or your first oh, torch is down by one. Um, after about ten minutes of walking down a winding path, it straightens out, and a wooden door can be seen ahead. As you approach the door, you can hear voices on the other side. Oh, I say, I hold up my. And I say, wait, they didn't say anything about other people in here, did they? Archibald, crew, I thought it was just us. Archibald looks up from his book and says, no, it should be completely empty. So this door doesn't bode well. Are they speaking common? Yes, they are speaking common. And they sound like kobolds. (gasps) Tamara, you're, if I... Remember correctly, you're sneaky. Do you... Do we try to be sneaky here? What do you guys want? I could also put people to sleep. That's something I can do, provided it goes correctly. Before you guys come to the decision, can I add a couple more details? Oh, yeah. 
it's the discussion is very hard to hear, but you can mention how they're talking about how they discovered this big find. Oh. And the wooden door has cracks large enough to where you can see a faint light coming from the other side, like a fire. And it's unlocked. Do we know that kobolds are canonically cowards? Or are these... Yeah. I've I've never seen one, personally. Mm -hmm. They're kind of, you know, they're kind of cowardly. They're kind of fearful about everything around them. But they will, like, fight if if their life depends on it or if they're really driven to. Okay. Have we been walking across a ridge along the side of an underground chasm or in like a tunnel with walls around our heads and arms? Uh, Yeah, the cavern is spacious enough to where you can um, walk side by side down the pathway itself, but that's about it. Okay. So it's a a linear one destination sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that tells me what to do. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, you're talking about just this path you're on now or the entire system? The, like, the 10 minutes that we spent, have there been any branches? No. Okay, it's just well, been a winding, so yeah. you're good. All right. Hey, party members. Yes. That's us. <laughs> the only way through is through. <laughs> Wiser words have never been spoken, and I would like to... Open the door. (laughs) Okay. As you enter, there are two paths in front of you. The first is to your right and curves left towards the three kobolds sitting and talking around a campfire. They don't notice you yet. The second is straight ahead and curves to the right. Light from the campfire flickers around the corner. Hmm. But we hear no voices coming from the campfire to the left. No, no, no. It's, okay, then to the right, we don't hear anything. No, I'll explain a little bit better. Um, so you guys are coming up. There's sort of a rock fixture inside. You're in one room, and this rock fixture has... You can go around the rock fixture to the left, around the, another way to the campfire, or go straight towards the kobolds by oh, the Oh, I see. They're, so they go to the same location. Yes, they do. I that see, was the I whole see. idea behind I the see. light flickers around the corner. I see. So it's the same light. Yes. So... There's a sneaky way and a straight way. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to research how sleep works real quick. <laughs> um, I mean, do we need it on kobolds? We don't need it on kobolds, right? I have no charisma skill. We need it on kobolds. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Looks at character sheet. I, you know, but my intellect is too. Would I know that? Uh, so. It is also only affecting one target, so. Uh, hmm. Let's metagame for a bit. I've noticed that my stats are a bit lacking. I'm only good at agility. Should I do a sneak? And what are you guys good at and what do you want to do? I am very good at favor, which is really good for making my prayers work reliably. Um, I have a com- I have combat prayer that does damage. I have a combat prayer that paralyzes an individual. And I have one that heals slash gives temporary HP if you're fully healed. Oh, good to know. I'm going to need that. I cast spells. Uh, In this case, a good option could be just going for damage. I have a ranged spell attack that hits everything in a 10-foot thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, oh, we're not there yet, my friend. We might be, though. Let's try to talk to him. Okay. I agree. What is the social stat, DM? The social stat... Like I said, since this is a game that adapts to play in between other systems, um, kind of think of like charisma being like favor and think of like deception and tr- trickery being sort of like intelligence or okay. is it intelligence or is it? Yeah. Or intellect. So kind of tell me what, what kind of, what kind of social interaction you're trying to do and I'll let you know what this what should the four stats would be uh party if we introduce ourselves is that our plan here to say hey what's going on because we don't necessarily want to hurt people that could be innocent who could show us where the treasure are yeah i don't want to hurt them i'm i'm fine with that if that's how we want to play optimal outcome is they show us where the treasure is okay so upfront social interaction trying to get them to be on our side I think that would be favor. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yes. And you have a special talent here. Graveyard does? Yeah. (laughs) It's called Archibald Arcana's Rich, and he'll give you lots of money if you give artifacts back. Ah, okay. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes, Graveyard has that talent. Excellent. Uh, Okay. So we don't want to blow them up. Just, uh, Just making sure. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll keep it on the side burner. In that case, I you two stay in the shadows. Mm. Okay. I'll walk up not trying to sound uh sneaky at all. I'm clanking on mm. the stone floor and I'm going to hail them and say, "Hello, uh fellow travelers. Uh what might bring you into these uh ruins today?" Okay, what you okay, so you're gonna to have to make a favor check and what you'd be doing rolling against is you'd be rolling against your own favor. So your favor score is, I believe, what is it, four? Seven. It's says, oh, your stat is seven, but your mod would that would mean your mod would be three. Okay. Be, I'm gonna write that down. Right. Your mod would be three. So what you're trying to do is you roll a D six and you wanna roll a three or below. I rolled a natural one. Ooh. Okay, perfect. So the kobolds actually look up at you. See, one gets spooked and gets ready to run off, but the, but the other two got calmed down and they look up at you inquisitively and they they get up and say, uh, we're just camping. Yeah, we're just out, out here camping, not, not, not doing nothing nefarious or anything. Um, as you are looking, you see a table filled with... Um, filled with some kind of blueprint of sorts with plans and weird drawings. And you also see a chest to your left. And you also see a crate. You see a barrel. And you see a rug laid out in front of the the table there. So those are the other things you can see now that you're out in the open. You can see everything. Okay. Um, the I can tell that these guys are pretty overtly lying to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, friends, there's no need to uh, be fraudulent here. We're all in the same boat. We're all looking for the same thing. Uh, now, you over there, 
it's okay. You can sit down, relax. I'm pointing to the guy who tried to run. The guy who tried to run is still like freaking out. He's like, they, they, he knows, he knows about the, he knows of, yeah, he throws a dagger at you. <laughs> I think in the background, I lean over to Mara and I said, I've never understood that saying. We're, we're clearly not in a boat right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he gets very spooked and scared when you mention that you're here to find something. And he throws a dagger at you. Now, how this works is you have to roll to dodge it. And you're not wearing any armor, so you don't get any damage resistance. You would just roll a d6, and you have to roll like you did with the favor. You have to roll a three or below. For favor? No, not for favor. This is just oh, a d6 okay. to dodge. Oh, okay. So there's no mm -hmm. mod. Um, so two. You roll the two. Okay. You dodge out of the way at a dagger, and a dagger lands behind you. And initiative starts. So oh the other two are kind of looking a bit spooked that that guy started and they're worried about what's going to happen. They only know you're there. So you actually see the other two uh, stand up and get ready to fight. But fight you to defend that one. That other guy is like scared and he's looking like he's re ready to run towards the... You also see a door on the other side of the room. So he looks like he's about to dart towards that door. So initiative has begun. Everyone goes ahead and rolls a d6 for initiative. What do we add to it? Um, you would add your agility mod. Or subtract? No, mm. no, you're trying to roll high. Oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, I would have. I got a five. Six? Mm. I got another three. Mm. Now, is that what you rolled, or is that with everything added? That was with the mod. That was with for the mod. Oh. Okay. I got a five with my mod. Okay. Okay. So you said a three, a five, and a three? Six. A six, now, a five? Now it'd be two fives and a six, yeah. Two fives and a six. Okay. So for the two that got fives, what's who has the highest of this who has the highest mod? For agility? Probably not me. I only have a minus I have a one. You have a one? Oh, I have a two. Okay, okay. so you would go before. So it's in order to Mara, Graveyard, Rufus. Okay. And Tamara, I'm going, I'm going to allow with some rules from other games I know. Players will get to go first. Two of the Kobolds go right after Tamara. And then um, Graveyard, Rufus, and then a third Kobold. Okay. And like I said, you guys are all in a ranged position. Mm-hmm. So with that, it is Tamara's turn. I would like to use my agility, which is my only stat in this game. Uh, to make it to the door before the kobold and stand there so that, like, they bounce off of my inert form. Okay. Yep, you can move. Yep, every player has an action and a movement, and they can move anywhere within the room so long as they can make it there. So Tamara sees that door on the other So you're coming around the corner there, around that rock. It's pretty thin, and you get to a crate. You just, le just vault over that crate over the... <laughs> campfire and over to the door and just stand your ground there and now you're ready to attack i just... would like to hold attacks i prefer a peaceful outcome where i don't have to find the treasure because they showed it to me mm -hmm. and i'm lazy and um like a dead kobold's not a useful kobold you know mm -hmm. mm. so as the one who threw the dagger runs for the door i intercept their path and allow them to injure themselves by running into my taller than them frame but I'm kind of squishy. I have a might of one, so I'm 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 not at all 
muscly or armored. So, yeah, they probably don't injure themselves. They just, like, plunk into me. Mm -hmm. They (laughs) plunk into you, and they hear the clear clatter of coins and gemstones coming out of their pockets as they clatter into you. See what looks to be about 30 gold pieces and three garnet stones just kind of clatters to the ground. And he looks super scared. Now he's looking around like trying to decide whether he wants to pick up his shinies or get around you or he doesn't know. He doesn't have a dagger on him. He's just unarmed. And he um, tries to escape but can't. So he's going to he's going to hide behind that um, that table over there. And like I said before, that table is set up right in front of a very stylish rug, stylish red rug. And then another kobold is going to see that Tamara is blocking his path and is thinking, I've got to clear the path for him. So it takes his dagger and he goes to throw it at Tamara. So Tamara, go ahead and roll a d6. I rolled a five on a d6. Oh, you get hit by the dagger and the dagger does, does four damage. Oh, all right. After that, it is now Graveyard's turn. So to confirm, we have one individual that is still running for the door or is he He, smacked into a large person and fell down? He smacked into a large person and (laughs) a bunch of a bunch of pinata came or he was like a pinata. He ran into Ran into Tamara and a bunch of gold and gems fell out of him. And then he got spooked and jumped behind the table. That's up against the cave wall. So in that case, um, both of the other two kobolds equally look like they're about to attack. I want to focus on the more threatening one. The more threatening one already attacked Tamara and dealt four damage. Okay. Because Tamara got in the way of its friend that was trying to flee, so... So I'll do the one that has not thrown a dagger yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to use Word of Bindings to try to paralyze him. Okay. So you would roll your favor. So that's a D6. And you want to roll under your favor or your favor and below. So three or less. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I rolled a six. Ooh. Let me take a look at what that one does. Or do you have it up? Uh, Let's see. Um, to speak a prayer, make a favor check. To speak a prayer, make a favor check. On a success, a prayer is answered. If you fail, but do not critically fail, is a six a critical fail? A six is a critical fail, so yes. Um, okay, on a critical failure, the character becomes forsaken. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right, these are prayers, not spells. Spells are a lot, mm, a lot weirder. Prayers are uh, a lot more. So now I need to appease my deity. Um... <laughs> Additionally, when becoming forsaken, the deity in question challenges the prophet by summoning a minion for the prophet to fight or evade. (laughs) Alternatively, the prophet can make an extravagant sacrifice to appease their deity. Once the sacrifice is performed, they are no longer forsaken, and the deity's minion is unsummoned. Mm -hmm. And forsaken, I believe, means you cannot cast any more prayers. I believe so. Yes. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So already off the pretty bad start, but <laughs> hey, we got Rufus T. Carbuncle. That's right. I'm. Is it my turn now? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know if we had resolved that. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, seeing as things are going less than magically uh, correct right now, I will try to cast my own spell, and I think I will attempt 
to put one of these guys to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to go to put to sleep is the name of the spell. Um, and so my mod is a five, so I'm trying to roll underneath a five for intellect. Is that how that works? Trying to, yes. If you want to, no, you want to roll a five or below. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So five. Okay. So five or below. Okay. So I'm going to try to put to sleep the one that hit Tamara. Mm-hmm. And I, if I succeed, it will be, it will fall asleep for if if it's attacked so i look at my team and i say don't hit that one or after 24 dungeon turns so mm-hmm. it's, it'll just be sl- asleep forever all right i'm gonna roll i got who i got a five but technically oh. that that works <laughs> yep so okay. you put that one to sleep and that re- essentially reveals your position and now they all look at the three, the three of you, and there's three of them. Well, one of them fell asleep, so it doesn't know it's asleep. And then there's the one left with the dagger. He sees that, and he starts to kind of his shoulder, he his head kind of tucks into his shoulders. He looks around. He kind of tries to start to sneak around towards like the door you guys came through, kind of around towards graveyard. So he's shifting his position from from melee line to the range line. It looks like he's about to flee, you know, by the next turn. Hmm. And then that's all of them. So then it goes up back up to the top where we have Tamara. So you have one cowering behind the table, another one looking like it's about to speed past graveyard, and a third one that's asleep by the campfire. I, I mean, like, so my intention with running in front of the door was to facilitate a impressive intimidating conversation with the kobolds but it i feel kind of like the favor passed but they still attacked us right like graveyard mm-hmm. didn't fail their favor roll they passed it and the kobolds still attacked us and then i theoretically intimidated one by moving faster than the speed of light to be in their path and there was no possible getting them to our side so that's the vibe i got hmm? oh, i said yeah. that's the same vibe i got yeah, so I feel like there's no other option than to, like... I'm not going to say, like, mur- yeah, murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like we have to murder these kobolds. Um, well, one's asleep, so... <laughs> one's asleep, so we don't have to murder that one. I mean, like, I've been given, uh, on this character sheet, murderous weapons. So I could... Can I do non-lethal dagger damage? Um... I know this game doesn't technically have like a knockout feature or essentially when someone's taken out the zero HP, the rules say you're killed. And I think that's a pretty brutal yeah. for this game. Do you guys want to like just have to pin someone to a wall, right? And incapacitate. Like if I throw a dagger at the one that's fleeing and I knock him to zero hit points, can I flavor that to being that I pin him to the wall and they like with their shirt and they like have to talk to me or like, yeah, that's fine. Okay, because my goal with these kobolds wasn't to make kobold turkey leg chow time. It mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to eat kobolds. <laughs> I don't, you know, I want to get information from them about where the treasure is. Okay. Because it's a big dungeon. And if other people get there first, because now I know there's other people here, then I won't mm-hmm. get the treasure. My mm-hmm. goal is to be there mm-hmm. first. So um, I'm going to try to throw my dagger in a non-lethal way to pin the kobold to the wall and force them to tell me where they found treasure. Okay, which one? The one that's behind the table? Fleeing. Oh, the one that's about to flee next to Yeah, okay. they might have the information. Okay. 
So okay. you would roll a d6. It's got to roll, and you got to try to roll your agility modifier minus their defense rating. You have to roll a four under. Okay, so do I subtract my agility modifier from the dice that I just rolled? No, no. I will subtract their defense rating. Where does my agility modifier feature in? Um, your agility modifier affects your damage. doesn't affect your accuracy. That's a hit. Okay, got That's it. Hit. Right. Okay, I got a five on the dice. Okay, let's see. So five, five, four, so that, that unfortunately missed. Actually, it's, yeah, that would. Okay, my dagger yeah, whips okay. through the air and strikes the rock next to the kobold mm-hmm. as it continues to flee. I clutch my injury <laughs> as I am below half hit points. Eesh. Yep, that kobold that's underneath the table is looking to, still looking to flee, but Tamara is still in the way. And then the other kobold that threw its dagger is now looking around. And, no, no, that da- that kobold's asleep. So next yeah. would be graveyard. No, not, yeah, graveyard. Can I make a sacrifice in combat? No, that would be outside of combat. That's what I thought. Um, I have no uh, ranged abilities now. Can I move to make a melee attack? Um, you would have to use a standard action or, well, just an action is what be in this system to move into melee line. Okay. Um, and the problem that I'm having is that it probably won't be worth it. Because my might, which I assume would be used for melee attacks with a staff, mm-hmm. is quite bad. So I think I'm going to move in the way of Tamara. So if anything else gets thrown her way, I can try to block it. Mm-hmm. Grazie. And that will end my turn. Okay. And then Rufus. Okay, so we're here in the situation where I got one asleep... We got one that hasn't been injured and the other one that also hasn't been injured, right? Right. But one's trying to flee and one's still in. the other one's carrying. Okay. Um, I guess. So now uh, one thing I'm trying, I was just trying to research this. How many spells can I cast? Can I just use any of these spells? It's not Vancian, is it? What? Vancian magic has a limited number of uses, like spell slots that you can run out of. I don't think oh, this system is Oh, no, there's no limit. There's oh, no well, limit I'll just on put the, the other spells are in your... I'm going to keep trying to put them to sleep. We'll go with non-lethal. And I will try to put to sleep the one that is fleeing, and then I'll leave the one in the middle of the room maybe for chatting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm rolling to put that one to sleep as well. Uh, okay, I got a one, so that's good. Yes. Um... I think I, I didn't explain this last time, but I think Rufus uh, holds out his hand and like a warm ocean breeze, beautiful smells and salty air hits them and it kind of makes them lull to sleep and they, they fall asleep and you hear the distant sound of seagulls. <laughs> oh, nice. So it curls up in a ball and smiles and goes to sleep right next to Graveyard's feet. Combat ends as two are asleep and one is cowering without a weapon and doesn't want to fight anymore. Wonderful. As the combat ends, I pick up the thrown daggers. I think that... So, do daggers have weight? Yes, the new daggers you pick up will have weight. So if you want to take their daggers, it'll be one weight each. 
oh, I mean, I might as well. I have an encumbrance that doesn't happen until five, so I should pick up like two daggers and then be at two, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm at four daggers now because I took their daggers. Mm -hmm. My eye would be drawn to the treasure that they had in the table. So can Mm -hmm. I check that out? Mm -hmm. So what you find on the table, the first big thing you see on the table are this is this blueprint of these plans the kobolds made. Laying out on the table is a blueprint depicting crude drawings and directions. The writing is chaotic, but you can discern meaning from it. The kobolds built an elevator nearby and began digging for riches. They dug up the big find, a huge bipedal mech with a drill hand. Over time, they managed to get it operational and started digging faster. They soon dug their way into a treasure vault, and now they're setting up for extraction. Hmm... I hold it up and point to my companions, and I say, Hey, look at this. They've been delving into this. They've been dungeoneering when we need to be the ones dungeoneering. And so, (laughs) how do you guys want to move forward from here? Apparently, there's a mech that was drilling fast and down to where this vault was. I agree. I think we should use the tools that we find. However, I need to make a sacrifice, like, right now. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait. So... Uh, is this, uh, like you, you kill a, an animal at an altar? It needs to be extravagant. And because my god, slash somewhat a creator as well, is Tyr, part of the uh, Norse pantheon, I think a sacrifice of gold might work. <gasps> I don't... I look really I sad at that pile of gold and three garnets on the ground. Oh, by the well, way. It's it's the gold or Archibald? By the way, there's... <laughs> Archibald's like, what? That's right. Archibald was here the entire time. Mm, that's right. Um, before you guys do that, there's actually more stuff to look at. On that table, there's also a set of scribing tools. Fireball scroll. Ooh. Um, the word of blessing scroll. And let's see. Oh, the stylish carpet. Valued stylish red carpet valued at two hundred or twenty five gold. I I look Tamer at the would know this because that is cowering <laughs> under the table, and I say, or not Archibald. <laughs> no, I feel that I can just use part of my cut of whatever's here, and I'll I'll sacrifice it accordingly. Uh, All right. Tamara has one love, and that is gold. Um, so she she's looking at the kobold under the table, and she says, "Do you have any reason why we should not sacrifice you?" <laughs> he just truly says, "I don't want to die." Very pitifully. No one does, but we all do. What do you have to offer us so that you do not die now? Uh, I'll I'll show you where the uh uh the the what the treasure. I'll I'll show you where the, the treasure vault is. Uh, there, there's a big door and the, the stuff where we can't get in, but then we're trying to get it all out, but we found the way in and then we're trying to get it. He, he's trying to think, just talking rapidly, trying not to be killed. I, I plunk the three garnets into Graveyard's hands and the gold and I say, this is an investment. <laughs> DM, is that enough? I don't know how what extravagant means. You need you need at least a hundred gold pieces. So let's look around. So that was thirty gold pieces, three garnet. Each one's worth five gold pieces. So currently that's forty-five. 
the, gonna, the kobold there is just gonna give him what gold he has <laughs> which is which is um no no that was his gold the stuff that fell out he goes around and gets all the other stuff from the other kobolds that are asleep doesn't wake them up oh i'm not gonna so let you get him another move. 20 gold pieces i'll do, I'll do that <laughs> oh you'll do that yeah okay he lets you do that you find 20 more gold pieces and a key and, and the, also, the while Rufus, Rufus and everyone can just go ahead and roll their intellect or favor. And am I just trying to get under my number? Yes. Okay. Your number or below. I did. I got a four out of five. Okay. While you were looking at the table, you come across another key. Ooh. I'm a bit confused. Mm. So we got, like, let's say I got a two on the dice, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to get below my intellect the stat or the modifier. The modifier. You're trying to roll at or below. My modifiers are both one, though. So, like, does that mean I always auto fail might and favor and well, intellect checks? Not if you rolled a one. one. You have to roll at least a one. Oh. If you meet it, it counts as a success. Yeah. Well, going forward in this game, I want you all to know that my might, intellect, and favor modifiers are all one. <laughs> so every roll that I roll. <laughs> all right. Will Good auto to know. <laughs> um, I did roll a three with a mod of three for favor. Mm-hmm. So we were searching. Yeah, and that was for that key that was on the table. Oh, uh, so, so it wasn't guys... an individual. It was just oh, okay, anyone okay. who. Anyone so I found, I'm like, hey, guys, I found another key. <laughs> I, f- I hold up. No, I can't hold. I only have one hand. I hold up one key and I say, <laughs> I found a second key. Um, also, don't forget, Graveyard, that rug was worth 25 gold. So I think we're pretty close to the 100 you need. I don't know. Let's see, there's also a crate and there's oh. a locked chest, a crate, and a barrel. Oh, that's right. I wrote that down. Well, I'm holding a I'll key. I'll try the keys. Yeah, I'll, I'll toss the key to Graveyard. I, I think I'll go for the barrel. Mm-hmm. But you can okay, do the um, chest. I'll take the key and try to open the chest. Yep, that key opens the chest. And you find inside that chest 60 gold pieces, a mm. moonstone worth 10 gold, a jade worth 20 gold, a silver goblet worth 50 gold. And you see this, you know those fast food paper hats? Yeah. I don't know. If yes. You, yes. You find one of those, but you feel magic coming from it. And as you observe it, you see inscribed on the inside, um, <laughs> King of the Chicken Nuggets. This is a <laughs> crown of the pretender. And it gives negative one to favor checks. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, I'm thinking Graveyard gets that. I put it on. <laughs> I'm also looking at Archibald, and I'm wondering how much of a camel slash horse Archibald can be. And I, I, I take the moonstone and I put it in Archibald's hand. Does he topple over like one straw too many on like when you're building a balsa <laughs> bridge? Or like, or can he hold the moonstone? Is it just too heavy for his fragile... Uh, uh, what is he? He he doesn't work with his hands. He's he's not blue collar. His his fragile, delicate. Well, he used to be, but now he's a retired. Yeah. He he's like he's he's pretty fit, but not fit as Flex because he's Flex's father. But he's he he's got enough muscle. He's able to. He's able. You're just trying to. What you were trying to do with it again? Just like balancing. Mechanically, on his... I'm trying to put encumbrance upon the NPC oh, to make him a pack horse. Okay. So I'm handing him a moonstone in game. <laughs> oh, by the way, these moonstones don't have any encumbrance. Oh. The stones. The gold. Once you ha- collect 200 gold, then it becomes one encumbrance. 
Oh, so boy. 200 gold pieces is one encumbrance. But the, but the gemstones, they don't weigh anything because they're sort of few and far between. The crown of the pretender also doesn't have any weight. Oh, and there's one more item inside that chest. A gnarled gem staff. Ooh. And that's something that Rufus might like, like want. So Rufus is picking up the gnarled gem staff. And Greyveard's putting on this weird paper crown. And I roll up the rug and I hand it to Archibald. And I'm like, Archibald, can you handle this? Hmm, and the rug is like as tall as he is and it has a weight <laughs> right of like hmm. one he looks about as strong as you and yeah he's not really holding on to anything so he says yes i can take a hold of this so he holds on to your rug he's got as much might as you so yeah okay because that means i can carry five i mean like can mm-hmm. he carry five yeah he can carry five <gasps> <laughs> The rug, the, the rug has one capacity or um, weight, so there you go. Oh, and the gnarled gem staff has two. Oh, two encumbrance. So it's pretty heavy, and that oh. silver goblet also has one because it's pretty heavy compared to all the other treasure. But it's worth fifty. And you were wanting to look at that barrel. Well, yeah. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Well, if I got the staff now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the staff, which is two. Um. And um, what else do you guys want? Because we're trying to take what we can out of here, right? So one thing I will say is that 200 gold is worth one, right? Yes. This goblet weighs one, but is worth 50. So we should make that part of my sacrifice (laughs) so that like 100 gold pieces is still technically half an encumbrance which doesn't exist so they don't it doesn't weigh anything yeah or we can have 50 that weighs four times more than gold why don't we just use the goblet and any other valuables that might weigh something but don't have the same economic benefit as just coinage the rug is like 25 gold and it weighs one right yeah that's 75 gold right there between the rug and the goblet burn the rug (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Tamara was thinking about keeping the rope, but she's just like, nah, burn it. <laughs> Wait, it's eight times as much as gold? So we we just need 25 gold to get you to have a sacrifice? I think so. No, it's 100. Yeah, but 25 more. Well, I mean, so we did, we're doing the rug, the silver goblet, and <laughs> 25 just more. 25 gold mm-hmm. to get to 100. But there's still more things to look in. Like I said, there was a crate and a barrel, and you said you were looking at the barrel, you approach the barrel and it's labeled with the Hestius Bestias logo. Okay, well, I <laughs> take my hook out and attach it to my hand and I jab it in the top and pry open the barrel lid. It is filled with Hestius Bestia sour cream and onion chip flavoring dust. Oh, <gasps> just the dust. Just the dust. Okay. That would be an extravagant sacrifice. How much. Is that worth flavor death? <laughs> or is there no worth? Is it just There's awesome? no worth. It's There's just no worth awesome. attached to it. Wait a minute. Uh, it's poisonous to Zach's. That. And this is basically powdered non-dairy creamer, which is highly explosive. Oh, oh we're going yes back into is. that realm it again? Is. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> thinking about that. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, so GM... I have something called a bomb trap. Mm. It's a jar filled with explosive powder. Can I double my number of bomb traps if I take this barrel of Hestia's Bestia sour cream and onion potato chips flavoring? Uh, there's nothing to put into it, but yeah, 
you can still look inside that crate. Might find something. Uh, no, the question I asked was, mm-hmm. I possess mm-hmm. mechanically something called a bomb trap. Right. And its description is that it is a jar filled with explosive powder. So my question is, with this barrel full of explosive powder, can I double my number of bomb traps? Oh, but that do you is need true. a jar? Let's see. It's explosive. Well, you wouldn't. Have, you don't have all the um, materials. Like it comes in a. I, I'd assume it comes in a jar. So There's nothing really the, to. But you could like take the powder for later to like reload once you used one. Maybe. Well, but then uh, it would explode. Yeah, it explode. I want the whole barrel full of powder, and I'm gonna big boom something later. All right, yeah. sounds That's good. That's what I was thinking. Is is we use the whole barrel? There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the jar equals the barrel. The explosive powder equals the sour cream and onion powder. If you're carrying the barrel, the barrel has a weight of five. Ooh. Of course. All right, guys. I take Archibald and I load him up with all my stuff. <laughs> I make him carry two daggers for me. And I'm like, don't mind me. And I'm rolling this barrel because I'm ready. For, I'm here for the big oh, boom. If you want him to carry the barrel, it's like, I'm only no, no, I'm carrying the barrel. I have oh, an encumbrance you're... of five. Archibald's okay. my pack horse. He's okay. carrying my encumbrance I of see, five. I see. Everything else <laughs> should be carrying. It's like an exploding powder kick. I love it. And okay. I have an exploding okay. Oh All my right. god, yeah, uh, this would be the weight of, or the, ex, it would be equivalent of like five uh, exploding, uh, what are they called, bomb traps? That's 15d6, you guys. Holy sh- Nikes. <laughs> Very nice. Wait, wait, it's not 3d6, it should be just 2d6. Creatures in a 20-foot area around the bomb take 3d6 damage Dang. when it goes on. 3d6? Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah, 15d6. The other thing That's is that there's, there's a mech. We don't know how strong Ooh, it is, but button. it could theoretically just carry the barrel for us. Yes. Or we might have to fight the mech, and we could explode it. Chekhov's barrel. Um, What's in the crate? <laughs> okay, so you're carrying that on your back. Got it. I wanna... And you... Oh, no, no. The barrel, I'm rolling it along the, the <laughs> ground. And I accept the encumbrance of five, but visually... That's how you're doing it. Okay, cool. <laughs> It's a barrel of Hestia's Bestia's sour cream and onion chip <laughs> flavoring dust. Nice. Yes. Um, and then can, lastly is the crate, which has can, three pickaxes, a hand axe, light armor, which oh. gives you some DR if you want it, but it weighs one. Uh, disabled bomb trap with instructions, so another bomb trap. Oh, yeah, traps have a disabled and an enabled setting. So if it's enabled, it's you, you can be hit by it. If it's disabled, you can carry it around. So okay. that's what I mean by disabled bomb trap. Yes, right. I and possess then, one. For example, I show it to you guys. It's a jar with powder in it. It's so much smaller than this barrel. So lame. <laughs> and you find a falling mace trap set of instructions. Not the trap, but just the instructions. Do those and have weight? No. Okay, no, can I just, read them? Yeah, you can read them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And a painting of a cow valued at 20 gold pieces weighs one. Oh, it has a weight of one? Yep. And it's we're, we're burning it. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. So that's everything. That's everything. So, Graveyard, now, are you um, interested in that armor or not? Um, I think that uh, I have... The armor weighs one, right? Correct. I think that short of Tamara wearing it, um, I think you should have it because I think I might have more... Uh, HP than you. Um, <laughs> so my uh, HP is at eight. Uh, I feel like I might be able to take a bit more damage than you. 
Actually, mine's the same. <laughs> oh. Well, I, if you don't mind, I'll take it for now. Yeah. And uh, if it seems like you might need it, I can just swap it off later. Sounds good. All right. You guys name five things or five encumbrance worth of things that you want Archibald to carry, and I'll keep track of that. I think I'll, I'm going to take the staff, which is two, and then I guess I'll just carry a bunch of gold because we found 30 gold on the table, 60 gold in the chest. That's 90 gold? Yes. Okay. I'll carry the 90 gold. Mm-hmm. Although, which as of right now, it doesn't weigh anything. Exactly. Which is good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and another 20 gold from the other kobolds. Okay, okay. So 110 gold. Okay. Sounds good. And then... Can you list all the items again? I feel like I've... I, this is a lot to keep track of item-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Did he get the moonstone jade? The moonstone's weightless, right? Yes. And the jade. All right, someone... One of us is carrying... All right. All of all of us have the weightless items. So, what are the weighted mm-hmm. items? Um, set of scribing tools. That's in case you want to. That's in case you want to write spells or s- scrolls into, mm-hmm. or if you want to write scrolls into your thing. But that weighs one. Okay, Archibald can carry that. Uh, what's it called? It's called a scroll. Scribing tools. Scribing tools. And then there's also a fireball scroll and the word of blessings scroll. Are those mm-hmm. both one? Yes, each of those are one. Okay, a fireball scroll and the word of blessing scroll. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. And there and were then, some, some, like some weapons, like three pickaxes and a hand axe. If you guys wanted that or not, they don't. They cost. They weigh one each, but they don't cost anything. And nah. they're melee weapons. Don't think Save you guys myself okay. for treasure. That's it then. <laughs> That's it. And you're taking that barrel with you. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Archibald is carrying scribing tools, a fireball scroll, and a word of blessing, which is three out of five for Archibald. By the way, Archibald is carrying two daggers as well. So Archibald is at max. Mm -hmm. Graveyard is burning (laughs) the cow painting, the rug. And a silver goblet. And a silver goblet. And a nickel, because I think I'm still short. (laughs) Five. All right. Okay. I'm picturing this. So we've got a rug with a cow painting laid on it. And then Graveyard tosses the silver goblet onto the painting on the rug and it explodes. And his god, like, shimmers in the air and says, <laughs> yes. Well, I would say that, yeah, it bursts into flame. You have Aurora Borealis come down, kind of like Bifrost, because it's a Norse god. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the flames are kind of golden. And then uh, it completely immolates and disappears. Love it. That's so cool. And now I, you're not, oh, not... I do need to roll it, though. Oh, to see if he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. So because of my hat, I get... Minus one, two favor checks. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the the armor. Uh, what was the DR on that armor? Uh, one. Okay. Just so I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still rolled a five. So it wasn't accepted. Oh. <gasps> Did you minus your one? Yeah. Ooh. So like, I'm still up a whole one. Thing. Oh, mm-hmm. that was an ugly painting of a cow. So does it just not accept that, or is it, or something else bad happen? Is there a minor success, or? Uh, no, nothing bad, extra bad happens. Okay. But nothing, I'm still forsaken. Oh, okay, yeah. Still forsaken. It wasn't good um, enough. You'll have to try, try something later. So does that mean you can't heal me? I can't do anything right now. 
that's not good. Right. The one thing that I can do is I can use the scribing tools to take that blessing scroll and put it in my prayer book so now I can just use it when I'm not forsaken, right, mm-hmm. DM? You can spend, I believe it's 12 dungeon turns, and while you're here with the campfire, you don't have to have your torches on while you're doing this. So if you want to just sit and work on that, you can do so. Is 12 dungeon turns 12 minutes? Is that what that is? No, 12 dungeon turns is like is two hours. I don't think we have time for that. You actually do. Like I say, you won't have to have your torches burning in this in this room since there's a campfire. And you could you could have you have your rations. You each have five rations. You only need to have rations um, once every twelve dungeon turns, which is twelve dungeon turns, one hundred and twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. So you guys are here in a resting area where you can eat, you can rest, and you can just twelve dungeon turns later have it done. So this is the perfect room to do so. We need one snack if you do this. Yeah. Would this also function as a healing opportunity for Tamara? No, you only heal when you like sleep for the night, like once a day. Oh. There's no short rests in Dungeoneering. Okie doke. Okay, so I'm erasing the word of blessing from Archibald's inventory and mm. the scribing tools. Mm. While you guys are resting and Archibald is there like sitting as well, you guys hear another like tremor and like dust falls from the ceiling as you guys are looking around. Might be another possible cave-in happening, but you're not sure. Nothing too major, though. Just a, cu- just a couple tremors here and there. I'd like to spend this time to get to know my new kobold friend. Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of, like, prop the sleeping ones in a comfortable position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stole all their golden daggers anyway, so... Uh, so... What is your name? Um, I'm Helwig. I'm here with uh, my mining company, uh, Big Burrow Incorporated. We're finding lots of treasure. I am really grateful I did not kill Helwig. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it might be, but hey, man, if you're going to throw a dagger at me, I don't care if uh, I created you a session ago. your own creation fighting back um why why did you attack us is it that you need this treasure show desperately that you are willing to kill for it yes we we had to make a big payment for a, a, a previous cave-in and it's like you hear another tremor again it's like it feels like it's going to be another cave-in soon um but we had to pay uh, the fire breathing kittens for uh, assisting us and helping save our friends and now we're trying to look for you know we found a big break to repay pay back for all the money we gave them you know killing for money makes all the sense in the world for me mm. i understand you helwick <laughs> <laughs> mhm but if you find the treasure you'll be sure to share some with us right like we're we're kind of desperate need, needing money again and we found our big break but now it sounds like there's going to be another cave-in soon. What was the, is the big break the the mech or was the big break something else? We, when we were digging and dug an elevator, we came across this mech and it made it a lot easier to dig, you know, tunnels. And we started digging the tunnels. Uh, Randy was saying it was going to be like a lot of, a lot of heart, like going to cause a lot of cave-ins and whatnot. But we wanted to do it anyway, and then when we did it, we came across this 
big room just filled with filled with treasure chests. It's all all the it's two stories of just treasure chests all over the place. Mm. We started taking them out. We found the keys to them, and we start opening up. Just lots of gold and gems and artifacts, and it was amazing. But we had no way of getting it back up the the elevator. <laughs> so, but that's pretty much what Ollie says. That's where he ends it off. Let me get this straight. You had to get a lot of money to pay the fire-breathing kittens because you had a cave-in. So, you have a, uh, a mining mech that you found, and you're not using it to solve all of your future cave-ins. You're using it to get money to pay the fire-breathing kittens because you had a... Like, oh, no, not to pay the fire-breathing kittens, to get money back from after they paid. Right, so, they but, went down pretty bad in the hole hmm. after paying fire-breathing kittens, so now they need to get money back and they came across this treasure vault with all this money and now they're trying to they're setting up operations to get the money out okay capitalism is a, is a monstrous beast <laughs> um well if for the love of money let's of course this whole system makes sense to Tamara <sighs> canonically kobolds work for dragons and I can't think of a more greedy dragon than capitalism <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so he, he said he would show us where the vault is, right? Yep. Yep. That's why he's alive. Okay. Cause I also have a spell that I can find objects or creatures on this dungeon level. So if we wanted to like know where the mech was, for example, I could figure that out if you guys want or where the vault is. He knows where, where to get to it and everything. Okay. Now, we do need to sacrifice something else so the graveyard can be functional again. And I'm looking mm. at the sleeping kobold, and I'm realizing now that that's Helwig's friend, so it's a, that's out. That's out. But we got to sacrifice something. How much are daggers worth? Oh, here's the thing. I have just a hundred gold. We could do it again. We could try. Under the yeah. assumption that this room full of treasure chests is the end game here, we should have, <laughs> you know, got a put money in to get money out kind of stock market type thing. But, um, so if you're feeling confident, Graveyard, <laughs> we could just throw another hundred gold at it, but that's it. Well, there is another way. Okay. <laughs> he says ominously. <laughs> we can fight whatever, um, horrible thing Tyr has sent to test me. Ooh. We have to find it and kill it. And a kobold almost killed Tamara. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get you back to profit mode so that you can heal me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm down for another fight. Nah, let's just burn the gold. <laughs> it says extravagant, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So something valuable to me, right? Yeah. I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I take off my poncho. <gasps> oh, no. No. You're, do, you're doing that? that? That'd be worth it. Yeah. I would say if that no would be... no one stops me. I mean, I, I think I was like half-heartedly handing you 100 gold. <laughs> like, uh... Tamara, the character, loves gold more than she loves her friends. It's unfortunate. So she's not going to try to force your clothes back on you, but... You oh, know. Graveyard would happily do this. Okay. It's just he knows it's valuable to him. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be worth it if it didn't hurt a little bit. Mm -hmm. So... Down on the on the circle drawn in the in the stone it goes, mm -hmm. and he says his prayer. And I'll add another negative one to that one. Okay, um, so I just need to roll, not a six. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I rolled a two. I didn't hey, need it. Perfect. <laughs> yep. You are no longer forsaken. You can now heal. Uh, so the uh, poncho actually uh, lifts in the air. Same idea with the bifrost and uh, the gold immolation. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a ghostly image that looks like it's wearing the poncho. And then it shoots up. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, oh that's, nice. that's awesome. I love the visual of that. It was like accepted by tear instead of mm-hmm. burninated. Burninated. By mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. tear door. All right. Nice. Okay. So, as far as the kobold, he, um, Helwig, we're, we're going to do a quick aside over here. And Archibald, why don't you also stay over there? And I put him with the kobold, and I want to pull aside Graveyard and and Tamara, and I'm going to say, so do you guys think we should... I'm quite the master of figuring out royalty fees and percentages and whatnot. Now, do you think that we should offer to give a little bit of the treasure to these uh, these kobolds and, you know, exercise our moral aptitude or, or try to figure it out all for ourselves? I'm there. Who else is there? Tamara. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is a rough, like, the player would be like, oh, they need money. But, like, the character would kill you for your pocket change. So From, well, to give Tamara a visual of this treasure, there's not enough for you guys to carry out by yourselves from what he's describing. He said... A whole bunch, just chests everywhere as far as the eyes could see. I see. You guys wouldn't be able to carry out all of them on your backs. There's plenty to go around. All right. That's not how thieves, I mean, <laughs> carpet layers think. Like, that's, <laughs> that makes sense to me, GM. Mm-hmm. But not to Tamara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she says, we just need to be the fastest and the quickest and the strongest. And to kill anyone who gets in our way as we take the loads out. Tamara, if I may, and then Graveyard hooks his thumbs into what would be suspenders, <laughs> possibly under his vest, in his best, like, southern lawyer impression. <laughs> He's like, what, it, it is not, re- is it reasonable, would you agree, that you get paid for services rendered? For your services, Tamara. Jess? Carpet laying. <laughs> and let's say that you... <laughs> That you lay some carpet and you do a good job, everything's done properly. Would it then be reasonable for you to demand payment? Yes. So if we follow that logic with you and how you feel and how you think, do you feel that it would be reasonable that the services rendered by this Hellwig individual and his mining company that he works for, should they not also have funds given for services rendered. Oh, that is why I did not sacrifice Helwig. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and let's just pull it all back here for a moment. Aren't they paying the guild? <laughs> yes, they're paying the guild. <laughs> this treasure. So, sort of a what goes around comes around kind of thing. I mean, we could probably <laughs> I just... Don't think big, way. <laughs> big Burrow isn't paying us. They paid us in a previous no, adventure. Yeah. Uh, the dir- the director of underground expeditions is paying you guys for this mission. And while these kobolds paid Firebreed the Kittens in another episode, 
They yeah, actually, Hellwood doesn't even know you guys are with Fire Breathing Kittens. You haven't really told him yet. So no. I don't know if you guys are keeping that secret or whatnot. But my tattoo slash engraving is on my shoulder, which would be visible after I've taken off my poncho. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah. So once it sees that, it's even more like Hellwood's like, you're with the Fire Breathing Kittens. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, you guys must be here for something good then. Uh in that case, I'm no longer scared of you guys. Well, he's going to take us to the vault. We we could just figure all the morality of this later, and let's just get to the vault and see what is in it. Yes. He says, yeah, that sounds perfectly reasonable. Let's go. I agree. Nothing to it but to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I roll a barrel that contains a bomb, a mega bomb, and my friendly neighborhood Archibald is carrying a fireball scroll and two daggers for me. Stay by my side. Is there a re... I mean, never mind. He can just dump it later. Disregard. Let's do it. Okay. So, you enter into the next room. You bring out your torches again, and it burns down the third time. Okay. And like, and also, you guys use some rations. Okay. I'm pretty sure you use some of that powder on the rations to give some flavor. Yep. <laughs> Graveyard, since you're healed... You're, since you're a healer again now, can you heal me? Yes. Great. Go you can do that. Hit points. Yeah. Okay. So I am going to perform the prayer of sown wounds. Mm-hmm. I rolled a four, which with my paper hat Brings is out a three. Is, you just make it, it meets it. Yes, I did. So go ahead and roll the two d six for healing. Okay. Uh, seven. Ooh. You okay, healed she... me for seven. Wow. Yeah, I rolled a six and a one. Brought you all the way back up to full. Nice. Goodness. Tamara's HP is restored. And now you guys enter into the next hallway. The door opens up into another hallway. It turns 90 degrees to the left. Oh, um, the barrel goes first, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. As, okay, so, oh my God, really? Okay, so as you're going, <laughs> you remember how you picked up that, the instructions for the, for the, um, the falling mace trap? You picked yeah. up the instructions. You remember picking up a reading and whatnot. You know that it requires a trip. You remember reading it, and it has a trip wire that goes with it. And as you're rolling it down the path, you see the trip wire around the corner. Oh. Hmm. Oh, this is a, a carpet fitter. Perfect. So I take my roll of carpet, and I lay it out on the ground. And I use, I looked this up. There's like a knee thing that you do, and you like stretch the carpet. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. What, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and what I'm actually doing is I'm rolling to disarm the trap. Okay, okay. so <laughs> uh, characters must be careful not to set off the trap. <sighs> Critically failing to disable them can make this go very, very poorly. But um, so GM, I'm to disable a trap. You must make a successful agility check. So I'm going to mm-hmm. roll this dice. I don't really know how to make an agility check. You have to roll a four or lower. Okay, I rolled a three. You yep. You kicked that. What was it called again? That maneuver with the knee. Um. Were you kicking it? It's like you you use your knee to kick things. It looks incredibly painful. You're uh, like on your hands and knees, and you raise mm-hmm. one leg in the air, and then you use your knee to kick things. Like, okay. it's crazy. Yeah. So that's what Tamara's doing. She does that, and it yeah. rolls out. Is that how you say it's happening? You're just having it roll out and hitting the tripwire? I am mechanically disarming, disabling mm-hmm. the trap so that I can uh, add it to Archibald's inventory. 
Mm-hmm. The trap goes off, and it the mace hits the ground at a safe distance away from everyone. And now it's disarmed, so you can collect that. Sweet. And add it to Archibald's inventory. There you go. Excellent. What is the weight of the mace trap? One. And Perfect. alternatively, you can use it as just a mace in general. <laughs> Since Rufus is a caster, I have the fireball spell, so I don't need to stitch that one into my grimoire, so if you want to ditch that at any point for more room from Archibald, that's fine. Does the fireball scroll have a sell price? Oh, good question. No, it doesn't. There you go. Just chuck that. (laughs) (laughs) I throw it away. (laughs) If it was a different spell, I might have... I might have stitched it into my thing but i already have that one why don't you let me take that because i'm reading about sacrifices i can bolster my favor checks with pretty cheap stuff so i will take it Mm -hmm. all right i mean archibald can carry it for you until then okay is it weightless no No, or it weighs one one. archibald here you go okay ready to get back down (laughs) archibald says yes i'll take that so you guys come to the end of that hallway, and it's another wooden door, and it's locked. Hmm. A locked door. I would like to unlock the door. It says lock picking. I can unlock mm-hmm. a door. Wait, is it locked magically? No. It's locked mechanically. Great. I um first step around the giant barrel that I'm pushing in front of me very sneakily, like a mm-hmm. good carpet layer. <laughs> And then I roll this d6, and I got a 6 on the dice, so the door remains unchanged if the agility check results in a failure. But we're not in combat, so can I just repeat that until it succeeds? Um, Every time you do it, a dungeon turn passes. Like, for every failure, one dungeon turn goes by. That's how it works. Yeah. Did you, once you roll, if you fail, you just, you just try it again, but each time your torches are burning out, you're getting hungrier, but... Aw, I'm like really bad at picking this lock. <laughs> How many times have you rolled? That was just one, but like, mm. I'm going to try it a second time. But you guys okay. are watching me for 10 minutes. I could use word of blessing for your next check to subtract one Ooh. for your check. Ooh. All right. Thank you. Okay. That works. You can just use that. Yeah. So my agility modifier is four. So I rolled a five on the dice minus one. Is that four? Does that succeed? Yes, that succeeds. Woo-hoo. Great. So... Overall, it took two turns. I need to see if the prayer works. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. Uh, because I just want this to work, I'm going to uh, immediately sacrifice that fireball scroll. Okay. Um, how much is it worth? What? No, I can just roll again. <laughs> it's worth enough for uh, for the medium sacrifice. So. Oh. So that just gives me a guarantee. Sweet. Hmm. Okay, so Graveyard takes the fireball scroll from Archibald so that the robot with the, like, red and blue light-up eye goes over to the old archaeologist, yoinks the scroll out of his hand. It explodes into fire in the robot's hand. The eye, (laughs) like, flares up, and then the lock clicks as I pick at it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. All right, so are we at five dungeon turns? Yes, because you failed that one, so... Or the first one. So there you go. The door opens and you walk into the next room. And as soon as everyone makes their way in, another kind of larger tremor happens. You hear big, loud banging coming from 
a hallway you see up ahead, a large white hallway at the end of it that you can just barely see up ahead. And like I say, it causes some more tremors. And behind you guys, where you guys came from, you see a cave-in that fills in that entire room you guys just came out of. So now you guys are trapped inside. Oh, boy. And we left the pickaxe. <laughs> Perfect. And with that, um, joining us today were... Oh, boy. <laughs> Rufus. Uh, I suppose this will be something we'll need to figure out after the break. Graveyard. Hello. And Tamara. I really wish we had brought that pickaxe. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and we have a review. Yeah. Well, that's me. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm clearing my throat. Um, uh, The entire cast of Fire the Breathing Kittens is delightful. They seem to have wonderful chemistry, even though it's someone new every week. One of the better podcasts I've listened to. By Stormcrower. Sorry. Thank you, Stormcrower. That's where that came from. That's nice. All right. Leave us a review on iTunes and we'll read it on air. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Today's mid-episode shout-out is from Jaw Tilly, who says, quote, Get on up, F. Get on up, I. Get on up, G. Get on up, H. Get on up, T. What's that spell? Fight. Hearts. Hearts. Cardinals. End quote. You can arrange for us to read your shout-out at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com. Amazon and Audible also have paperback, ebook, hardcover, and audiobook adaptations of our adventures. We don't pay to advertise our show, so the only way we can grow is if you tell someone about us. Thank you. Last time in Dungeoneering, what happened? Um, who wants to do the recap? Do I have to roll for it? Not it. Touch his nose. I, I can... will do the opposite of touching my nose. You got You want? I, I will volunteer. You volunteer as tribute. <laughs> All right. Take it away, graveyard. Uh, to begin, we uh, met with a archaeologist by the name of Archibald who took us to a uh, cavern, which has opened up into a network of tunnels. While exploring these tunnels for treasure and artifacts, uh, we stumbled upon three kobolds. While trying to communicate with them civilly, we were attacked. Um, we responded in kind by putting two uh, to sleep. Uh, I was forsaken and then redeemed later on. And we interviewed the uh, last individual in an attempt for him to show us where the treasure is. Uh, we later discovered that this is Helwig, who appeared in an earlier episode, but none of us know who he is. And we uh, delved even further with Helwig as our guide, um, willing to show us a room full of treasure that was at least two stories tall. And we opened a door by virtue of Tamara's lockpicking skills. And this is where we continue our session. Mm -hmm. And with that, I'll start it off with a description of the room you're in now. And keep in mind, I know you probably uh, left it out, but there was a cave-in after you guys entered into this oh, yeah. room, preventing your escape back the way you came. But everyone's fine. Everyone's able to make it before that cave-in happened. So you enter a massive room. Imagine an upside-down capital T. You enter from the bottom of the right wing. Directly in front of you is a flat, two-story stone wall with a red rug laid out in front of it. The wing you're standing in extends to your left, and halfway down the wing to the right is a massive hallway lined with stone columns. Okay, so um, just to say that back. So 
I noticed there's a carpet here. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> always, yeah, you did. Always a carpet. All right. And then there's a, a room with columns to the right? Yes. So like I said, do you, can you kind of imagine the room? It's it, It's got two wings at the bottom. You're entering from the wing that's like the bottom right. And the, and the big part of the T facing up is like this big wide hallway with two rows of columns. Oh, okay. okay. So on the left is more columns? Um, straight down that other wing. Uh, the wing is nearly symmetrical to the other side and has a similar place rug. However, it's in front of a metal door. And mm. at the end of that wing is a wooden door. So you got a metal door up against the wall and a wooden door at the end of the hallway. Okay. okay. And the columns to the right don't have any doors. Oh, yeah, the column to the right, or the column going straight forward. Um, if you guys go to the edge of that and you look, oh, wait, the uh, the main hall. Yes. So this main hall, you stand before a great hall. Two rows of massive columns support a stone roof that extends beyond, between the two-story structures on either side. Closed stone bridge connects the structures above. Half-buried dwarven skeletons layer the hall. In the middle of the hall is an altar and a pool what? of water. What? Yep. <laughs> A lot of stuff going on in this room. <laughs> At the end of the hall is this gigantic metal door. So there's a pool of water and skeletons and a door. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay. I, every time I ask for details about this room, I get more corpses. So let's just... <laughs> let's just okay, let's slow our roll, literally with this barrel, as I, as I slow the barrel down and I take in the room. So there's dead dwarf skeletons in front mm-hmm. of us. And then at the end of the hallway is a metal door. Mm-hmm. And it's like two-story. Oh, yeah. It's a big door. So you want details on the door? Well, the, the room is two-story. And the door oh, is yeah, big Oh, yeah. The room two-story? is two-story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Does it look like the columns have collapsed on and killed the dwarves? Or did the ceiling kill no. the dwarves? No. They look like they're just old bones. In fact, Archibald actually sees the, the skeletons and says, Oh, I know I'm going to be studying for the next... Like, until you guys are done with whatever you're doing. He goes to the bones and takes out a brush and starts dusting the skulls and examining them and dating them, so. So dwarves don't bury their dead? Dwarves are just like, well, you look old. Uh, well, go lay in the middle of the room there. And I, mm, I look you, at Archibald you, and I say, is there evidence of foul play? Yeah. Hmm, <laughs> it seems like they succumbed to suffocation. <gasps> oh, the foulest play of all. Drowning. A suffocation of lack of oxygen. This must have happened during the... That Rufus just in. walks off. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about drowning. Yes, and he's fascinated by everything. <laughs> okay. So, and there was a pool of water nearby? hmm I would like to go to that while Graveyard does whatever. I'm going to walk that way anyway. hmm So, I said there was a pool of water and an altar next to it. The altar actually has... Um, the aesthetic of like that, like that deep one, like, like fishful kind of aesthetic, hmm. and it looks like a sacrificial altar, like eldritch, mm-hmm. like Lovecraftian, sort of that eldritch fish monster kind of look. Lovely. If we blow this up, do you think the fish monster will flood the room? Well, probably. But uh, question. Can I, as Rufus, tell how deep the pool of water is? It is just like a just like a kind of a fountain. You can just step into it and it goes up ankle deep. 
It okay. seems like there's a slight geyser bubbling up from it. It's just it. It just seems like a natural little fountain. I say, everybody, hold on. I want to try something. And I'm going to jump, and I'm going to belly flop into the water, <laughs> and I'm going to cast water breathing. <laughs> and I want to sit under there for a minute and look around and oh. see if anything's going on with the fountain or if there's anything going on in the water. And you guys just see me face down. And <laughs> and it's I'm only just, ankle deep, so it's yeah, probably it's a little only, painful. Yeah. <laughs> You dive in. There's no need to <laughs> roll for water breathing. <laughs> Your face does. You just face plant into the water. You do I like notice to imagine the bubbling. That I cast water breathing unnecessarily. <laughs> oh, do you want to do that? Just like yeah, it's just like going in one okay. nostril. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have to roll for it if you want to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Okay. I just want to. I just don't know if I'm ever going to mm. use water breathing in this uh, adventure. Mm. So we're going to do it now. Mm. At the roll five or below. I got a three. Yep, you're able to breathe just fine, but nope, it doesn't go any further. Okay, well, it was worth a shot. I come up you after can, like five minutes and I'm like, here. all right, there's absolutely nothing under there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I would like to examine the rug. Oh, you'd like to examine the rug? This mm-hmm. one's a little bit less glamorous than the one than the first one you found in that first in that first room. It's just a basic red rug worth uh, how much is that one worth? Probably like um, where where ten gold pieces each. Okay. And what's its weight? One, same as the other one. It's actually okay. worse <laughs> than the first. Not one as valuable. Found. Right. This is an inferior specimen. It could work as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You guys hear some more tremors, and after you hear the tremors down that hallway, you can hear kind of a clink, 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 clink mm. around the columns there. You don't know exactly where it's coming from because the echo. It's a little clinking noise. Where can I? Am I near the altar then? Since I was in the pool of water. Yeah, you're near the altar. I would like to go examine. The altar of eldritch fish folk. Mm -hmm. So you get to the altar and you notice it has some runic writing. And I forgot to mention there's also runic writing. There is like a circle of stones around this um, pool. And it's got some weird looking writing as well. It's nothing you can discern. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, Can I... Fill my water skin with water from this fountain? Yes. All right, I'm do doing like it. To. Yep, you can do that. And then I look at both of my teammates and shrug and then drink from it. <laughs> I mean, you've already breathed it in. <laughs> it is tasty, all like right, mountain well, spring water. I don't know. I didn't know if the mm. altar was going to get mad at me. Or All right. <laughs> uh, I would like to prepare... A prayer if I could, just in case that clinking noise is something scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd like to prepare word of bindings to try to uh, paralyze that thing if it's a threat to us. Mm-hmm. You hear it get closer, clink, clink. Archibald, I need you by my side, dagger carrier. <laughs> <laughs> the clinking is getting closer and closer. You can barely see. Out of the courtyard, you see a glistening of something. The source of the clinking sound, as you see it come out from behind the columns, 
is an ovular, football-sized clockwork spider. It has three-pointed huh. legs protruding out from each of its sides, a single ocular sensor at its front, and a red V-shaped button on its back uh, pointing towards its head. You can see into its back through a glass panel, which reveals more belts and gears. Graveyard, is this one of yours? No, I have no idea who or what this is. Okay. Um, is it emitting light at any point there, DM? Yes, this is emitting a blue light out of its ocular lens. And I did the best I could to um, sh- um, describe it for the audience, but I've got an image here I'd like to share. I just got to figure out where to share it. I'm going to share it. Hold on one second. I got to get to the right thing. Yeah, it'd be right. easier for me mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is what you see. Oh, complete with the V on its back. Yes or no? Yes. It has a red letter V on its back. It's clearly mm-hmm. a tick, not a spider, because it has <gasps> six legs. And it's um, <laughs> it's got like a, it looks like, okay, so it's spider facing to adjacent. the left. <laughs> It's a tick. It's got like metal legs with spiky, like sharp tips to the to the legs. They're not they're not friendly looking. Like if this crawled on you, it'd be stabbing you with its dagger feet. And it's it's ocular eye thing kind of looks like like unfriendly, like a spy camera. And the V is over like <laughs> cogs. So it, it has no heart. It's uh yeah, it, it looks kinda like a murder mite? Yeah, murder mite. Yeah, and the V also is oriented to look like angry eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not... Yeah, the V is pointy end towards you. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right. And how, how how big did you say this thing was? It's football It's football shaped and sized. Oh, And yeah. if you're wondering what type of football, either or. American football, <laughs> European football, <laughs> it's ball shaped. All right. <laughs> And it's it's a like a tan color. Mm-hmm. I feel that this is immediately dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let fly um, a prayer, uh, the word of bindings that I had prepared. Are you? Am I okay. allowed to do that? Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead and roll. Come on, graveyard. I succeeded. Yeah, nice. I got a four out of four. So you hit it, it looks up, and, and you hear a little dude come out, like, doot, doot. And then you hit with the paralysis, and you just hear, and you see it, like, <laughs> shut shut off. And then you hear this huge wave of just a crash of coins just spilling out. And you just see a wave of gold underneath it just spill out. It drops a hundred coins from underneath it. <laughs> it's a coin machine. <laughs> I, I stunned it, and I made it poop. <laughs> and then as it's as it's convulsing goes doot doot and you just see its eye go kind of just turn off a bit it just kind of wow. slumps down oh i didn't want to kill it well but as a side note this is my new favorite dungeon <laughs> <laughs> every everything we 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 destroy just poops gold out <laughs> tamara's only one true love is gold so upon seeing it just like excrete (laughs) right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean her eyes are so wide you've never seen such wide eyes in a carpet fitter's head (laughs) (laughs) so you guys go to collect the gold i would like to collect the shell of the mite and if that Uh is going to be my share so be it 
the shell right. of it? Like, like the, the theoretically, I paralyzed it, mm-hmm. so this could be reworkable. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're taking the whole creature? Yeah, I'm going to take the whole creature. Oh. Mm-hmm. It has a load of one. Okay. Um, I can wear that because I think I still have three encumbrance remaining. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take that. What are we going to call it? A, a mite? I liked murder mite. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> he might get renamed if I'm able to make him a friend. But yeah, it's a murder mite right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a little concerned about how we keep trying to like non-lethally touch the things around us and the world crumbles into dust and gold <laughs> i punch a column i was gonna say are you are you really that concerned tamara you hurt your fist but you don't take damage you just hurt it i, I rufus tends up he's like i really was expecting gold to come out of the column at this point <laughs> hmm. can i push with my impressive amounts of might this is probably a bad idea. I want to push on the altar and see if it moves at all or could be toppled. Mm. Nothing happens with the altar, actually, but like I mentioned before, it's a sacrificial altar, it looks like. Oh, right. Okay. Speaking of, we've still got Helwig, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Helwig pipes up and says, um, my friends are over in that direction. He points at that wooden door. That's down the wing. Um, that's the vault door there. We found it and we couldn't get in, into it. And we've actually got people behind that door working. So Behind the metal door? Yes. The, we didn't go through the metal door. We went through around the other side, around the caves, the tunnels over this way. Oh, so there's two ways into the vault? We dug our way in through around the side. Oh. Wait, so are your people... At this moment, extracting treasure. They're working on it. Yes, oh but run! <laughs> hey, quickly, Elwig! What is the side way? Man, my accent just don't just don't come for me. I'm trying. That's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to like rush Helwig towards Helwig's friends. <clears throat> the long way around. The way that's open. Okay, I was going to say we could try to get through the metal door and do the quick way. We still have a key. Yeah, so we could we could try this uh, this metal door and see if there's a fast way into the vault. Okay, I wheel the barrel up to the metal door. <laughs> Are you talking about the big... Oh, you're talking about the vault door? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let me describe the vault door real quick because it is pretty huge. As you approach this gigantic metal door, you can easily discern it's the treasure vault. It's a two-story tall, 10-foot-wide, sliding double door that opens through unknown means. Along each side of the door where it comes together is three ovular indentations with three long, narrow points protruding out from each of the sides. Each indentation has another smaller ovular indentation inside. Well, is it murder mite-sized? Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. And I look at Graveyard Mm. and I say, put the murder mite in that slot. That's a sentence I never thought I would say, but you know, it's the kind I'll of day I'll put the murder is. mite in there. Hmm. I'll stick it in there. <laughs> okay. Um, as you stick it in there, it actually lights up again. From you pressing it in, you press onto the button, it actually lights up and goes, do do do, <gasps> and it, and you see it clink onto the door, 
and it lights up and it kind of holds itself in place, but nothing happens. But it perfectly fits into that slot. And there's <gasps> oh. two more. There were two more slots. Mm-hmm. Let me show you what the. And second. then, so I look at the graveyard and I look at Tamara and I say, now we need to go bug hunting. <laughs> yes. Okay. How do we attract the bugs? Well, they drop. They dropped coins, which means that they, Ooh. like me, are motivated by coins. Maybe if we make a big tri- pile of coins, it will attract them to come eat. No, like there's a hoard right there behind the door that's... They have more food than I could ever offer. But but maybe they can't get in, either. Mm. Can I speak binary? You're going to doot back at it? Yeah, sure, yeah. that would work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm a robot. Yeah. Um... So I'm going to, with the limited dialogue that I got from the 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 mite, um, I'm going to repeat the string of dudes. <laughs> um, so like there was the one dude when it got hit, the dude when it deactivated, and the dude 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 when it was in the wall. And I'm just going to repeat them loudly <laughs> to see what happens, and then listening in between each one. <laughs> So as you're dooting at it, it looks up at you with your singular ocular eye and it's looking at you with its singular ocular eye and you're dooting at it. And it's just listening intently and you just stop and it just goes Are you letting it just crawl around? It goes it just crawls it starts to crawl up your leg. Oh, I thought it was stuck in the um Well you'd have to pull you'd have to pull out a hole to talk to it. Oh, okay. If anything goes awry Please help me. <laughs> um, but I am going to, because I'm wondering if it thinks I'm its mother. Do, 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 and it climbs up your leg, and it kind of just grabs onto your legs, and you feel your leg going numb as though like a small <laughs> animal like is laying on your leg in such a way that it made it fall asleep. This is weird because I know you're a robot, so I don't know how robots have their limbs fall asleep. He could but cut off my hydraulics sensation. or pneumatics or something. Maybe. But you definitely feel like there is a magnetic force that's causing it like there's a magnet underneath it and it just goes (laughs) well you got just a a happy dude oh okay so (laughs) i didn't know what was gonna happen it looks like a tick it could have been taking my life force yeah um but it looks comfortable (laughs) so and happy yeah it's just it's just a happy little boingy boof so nothing to worry okay (laughs) other than not wanting to move like a cat from my lap (laughs) yeah Okay. Um, well, I guess I'm going to walk around with this thing on my leg for now. I think I hand Tamara a bunch of gold and I say, do you still want to try the um, the gold trap? Eh, just let me hang on to this for you. <laughs> that I, will be a walking gold trap. All right. I give you 110 gold. Archibald is carrying 110 gold. <laughs> okay. Which uh, is not weighted until 200, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering if since there's six openings for these guys and the mite slotted into one of them and has a V, he could be number five. Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to walk around the cavern repeating what I just did to make that mite want to be my pal. Oh, wait. I mean, you can do that. I have a locate spell. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I think that might be very helpful. <laughs> can I just <laughs> locate these things? Yes. Let's see how it looks. Perfect. Locate. The caster determines the direction and distance away an object or creature is on the current dungeon level. All right. Do I need to do this five times? Let's, I'll do it once. Let's see. Okay. I succeeded on the first one. Mm-hmm. You notice that there are... Well, you'd only need to do it once. Okay. You okay. notice a bunch of these little like little things like that are all inside the left side of the there are two structures on either side you remember the stone the hallway with the stone pillars it came from the right side the structure on the left side which has a metal door that goes into it has all of them in that structure oh okay and a couple directly above you oh there's lots okay and i directly above I whispered yep, there that. There was a stone, there was an enclosed stone bridge that goes over top of the hall. Okay. <laughs> not, not like coming down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I relay that to my friends and I pointed the door where the um, remaining murder mites are. Could I beep boop some more at the ones at the ceiling just to see? You beep boop at the ones at the, at the ceiling and you notice that they're not moving. What did we do? We did something that made this first one reveal itself. He revealed, he just started walking down the hallway. Yeah. This is the friendly defective one. (laughs) I mean, if I can see them on the ceiling, I can just paralyze them and then they fall and then I grab them. (laughs) I could just do that. Targets, can you paralyze at once? One. Okay. I could put one to sleep, but it might not be awake. Archibald, come here. And I make my dagger camel stand next to me. Graveyard, let's do it. <laughs> okay, what are we doing? I was going to do yeah. something on my own, but what, I think, what, what, I what think are you going to do? We're just ready to catch. There's three above us. There's three of us. You can target one of them. Rufus can target okay. one of them. When I say they're above you, they're not out in this room. They're inside of the stone structure that's above you. Oh, yeah, so they're we're gonna not. Go like, get oh. Them. oh, but that's they're not like they were open. on the ceiling. I like getting these ones more than I like getting a room full of them. How are we gonna get up there, though? Well, I should specify how many. There's one in the lower floor in that structure to the left. There's a there's a couple. There's actually about four in the room above in a room above it, and then there's two above you. Hmm. So there's none in the room with us other than the one on my leg now. Mm. Okay. So I say we go for the one in a room by itself? Yeah. All right, let's start with that. Okay. I locate the creature and I bring us all to that door where it was just one dude. Mm-hmm. So you come up to that metal door. It's just, it's not the big vault door. It's just a metal yeah. door. Okay. And it's locked. Ah, Ugh. That's I all try right. the one key that we have. Yeah, well, you. Oh, the key that you have is not for that door, unfortunately. Okay. And I look at you, like, do you remember why I'm here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we have a key. <laughs> that okay. doesn't work. And I take yeah. ten minutes to unlock the door. Is that what you're saying? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, I don't, I don't start to unlock the door. <laughs> Oh, I just okay. cross my arms, and I look at you. I try the key in another door. <laughs> oh, that other door that's right next to it is already unlocked. 
And like I said, that wooden door that's right next to that metal door is leading to where Helwick said his friends are. Hmm. Oh, so we're not blocked by a cave-in, so we're just finding bugs like dum-dums? Well, I thought Rufus wanted to do it the quick way through the big doors. Yeah, that's what I wanted to, but it's slowly becoming the long way, it seems. <laughs> okay, I unlock the door. All right, ready? Um, nice. I would have appreciated a little bit of, and then I roll as I mumble to myself. I do pass. <laughs> so I unlock the door and it pops open as I mutter. <laughs> the door creaks open as you push it forward, air rushing past you into the room as you do so. Life from your torch glints off the dwarven armor and weapons. You see two red carpets, a crate, and a table filled with daggers. Another metal door is the opposite end of the room. You so heard that right. More carpets. <laughs> More carpets. And so this is now another room with a door beyond. Mm-hmm. Man. All right. Did we, with my locate spell, is that creature in this room? There is one in the room and it is in that crate. Okay. I head over to the crate immediately. Mm-hmm. And Make your way over to the crate. Give me just a moment. And you find another one of them. The murder mites. And... It looks like this. The only difference so, between this one and the other one, this one has a blue button on its back with the air, with the arrow facing towards its hind. So, GM okay. said button. <laughs> that yeah. letter V isn't just a letter V. It's a button. It's a button. Yes. Mm-hmm. Should yeah, we push, push it? it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you, oh, by the way, it's inactive right now. So when you hit oh. the, press the button, it <laughs> turns itself on. <laughs> I start booping immediately. <laughs> it starts booping happily at you, and it crawls All into right. your other leg. <laughs> okay, so we got an upside-down V robot and a... Or arrow, sorry. An upside-down arrow and a right-side-up arrow so far. And they like a graveyard. I could just keep locating them if you want, but we're going to have to figure out how to get to those to those other ones, but they seem to be pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am getting encumbered. Because now I have one on each leg. Oh. Uh, I might go over to the door real quick and just see if they go into their slots. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you start <laughs> lumbering over that big vault door. And yeah, the, you can easily get them to like pull the, you can easily pull them off and put them into the slot. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, they stay and then there. I hit the button to deactivate them just to make them stay there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They stay in their place. Okay. Okay. So what of value was in this room? You said dwarven armor and weapons. Mm-hmm. And... Dwarven armor and weapons. One of the weapons that catches your eye. One second, let me get to the... Um, for the On the weapon racks, you find three dwarven hammers. That's going to be in the weapons, in the magic weapons section. And a okay. glaive of the storm herald. Ooh. The hammers weigh one each and the, and the glaive weighs two. And these carpets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are... Basic. They're just like the other ones outside. <laughs> Gold oh. pieces each. I know, unfortunate. But you know what isn't unfortunate? That table with the daggers. Ooh, that catches your eye. <laughs> well, that, the carpets catch your eye first, but then these daggers. You find four masterwork dwarven daggers, a set of four rat daggers, <gasps> and what? a ghost blade. Oh, man. So the masterwork daggers weigh one each. The set of rat daggers weigh one altogether. It's a set of four, and they weigh one together. <gasps> and the ghost blade doesn't weigh anything at all. Hmm. Oh, 
Uh, okay, Ghostblade is with me now. <laughs> I'm going to look up its stats on the... And then I guess the set of rat daggers is with Archibald. Mm-hmm. That he takes one. it. Mm, fascinating, yes. And then, like I said, the suits of armor. There are three heavy suits of armor that each of you can put on. Even though it's dwarven armor, it still can fit you guys. It weighs has an encumbrance of two each, but it gives you two damage resistance. And then a set of unusually large pauldrons that only a fighter, or not a fighter, a warrior could equip. Is there a, They're is, way too big and hefty for you to carry on your shoulders, and it weighs three. Is there a value to this? Hmm? The the stuff, no, it's it's priceless. These are oh, priceless okay. artifacts. Oh, these are the artifacts, potentially. Oh, yeah, these are artifacts, oh, definitely. Oh, man. All right, well, I will take the glaive. Even though I'm not a melee person, I mm-hmm. want the Storm Herald thing. You have, I think it, it's a, it gives you an AR of one or two. Yeah, it's and an, you have might of two. two, so that's still decent. Okay, and then it says on a hit, I have a one in six chance of casting a bolt of lightning on the target. Mm-hmm. And that one in six will be if you roll a one. Oh, that's how oh, I'm gonna oh. rule that. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So, oh, with, and also in that crate where you open up and find that uh, murder mite, you find a couple masks. You find a kobold monster mask and a merfolk monster mask. Okay. And who was the one to open the crate? It was um, Graveyard. No, it was Rufus? Yeah, the crate. Oh, it was Rufus. Okay. Yeah, because I have the locate spell. So you see, you also see a third mask. It's a smiling mask. And roll, go ahead and roll a favor. Oh boy, I don't have so great favor. favor. And I believe your favor is, what's your favor mod? Uh, it's Isn't a one. It? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> go ahead like and roll. That. I like that reaction. This is going to go well. Yeah, no, I got a four. Okay, you were <laughs> compelled, almost involuntarily, to put on this mask. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and you guys watch as I pull it out of the crate and I look at it and I go, <laughs> hilarious, and then I <laughs> slap it on my face. He turns to face you guys and he's wearing one of those, that comedy theater mask. And Rufus, you notice that when that thing goes on your face, it kind of suctions itself to your face and you can't take it off. <laughs> Smiling man. Rufus? Yes. <laughs> He's still there. <laughs> That's me. He just realizes he can't take it off. Uh, and, and you um, see me like trying to call. I was going to say, you see me like calmly being like, yep, everything's fine, but I'm like truly trying to like pry it off, but stay casual. Mm-hmm. With one hook in one hand. Yeah, just getting that hook in there and like. <laughs> <laughs> the mask doesn't oh come off. It has an encumbrance of one, but it gives you a DR of one. Okay. Oh, there you go. Great. And the monster masks are actual <laughs> items. They're mon- it's a monster mask. How many kobolds were there? Hmm? You said there was a kobold mask and Yeah, there's a... a kobold mask and a merfolk mask. Okay. So it looks like know... they look like your typical party city mask that you put on. Right. And I'm just extrapolating here, but possibly this would allow us to be disguised. Or talk mm-hmm. to, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, well, you guys wouldn't really need it now because you've got Hellwig with you, vouching mm-hmm. for you. That's true. But yep, that's all you guys find. On the one hand, yay, you're more armored. On the other hand, your face is forever a a theater grin. Like it, it can't come off. So you're gonna start the next episode with a mask on. 
Wow. Neat. Okay. It's a cursed item, so you could disenchant it. I'll figure out mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. I'm I'm not worried about it, I say with a lot of worry in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it for that was it for the loot. And there's that other metal door. I wish you the best. And I put my I don't know it, cursed dagger in my pocket. It has a weight of zero and it's magic. It must be wonderful. And I, I just kind of like slide it into my dagger holster. Ready to go. You guys will find out what that does when I critically fail later. Love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So shall we make our way to the next door? I say with a grin. <laughs> to the next mite? Yes. Oh, yes. Where's the next mite from here if I... It is above look. you guys. There is a room above you, but there's no stairs in this room. But there okay. is a door going right. further in. Well, it seems logical that we'll find stairs eventually, so I go over and try the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there was an arch over us in the main room. Yeah, but was we also it, also didn't it, have a way of getting up to it. Was it, well, we've got a crate and a giant barrel. So, like, was it an arch that's enclosed with walls and, like, like a hallway? Or is it, like, an arch? It's, it's like... an enclosed bridge hallway, yes. Okay. And you saw a couple up there. So, if we were at that height and horizontal to it, we couldn't mm. get into it, or we could? You could. You could. We could. Mm-hmm. It looks, it appears like it goes from one wall to the other. Okay. Okay, so I've got a, how high is it in the air? It's... One story, so you're in a. You would be in a. You were in a two-story room, and it's yeah. one story in the air. Oh, so it's not okay. that. Crazy. It's a one-story room itself. Yeah, we've so got there's a crate no and a barrel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, you're wanting to clamber oh. up. Yeah, there's three up there, right? So we'll be most of the way done if we just. Mm-hmm. It's more like, I... it was more like two. Yeah. Two up there. Yeah, it's just two up there. Okay. Well, there was more in the room. Like in the bill on the on the side. I but roll yeah, the specifically. barrel. Okay, you're rolling the barrel out there. Under the arch, and I say, Rufus. I, how do I say your name, Rufus? <laughs> Can you lift that crate now that you have emptied it? Sure, and I lift the crate and I carry it over to Tamara's location. <laughs> okay. And I'm just I've just got the creepiest smile looking at you yeah. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So All what's right. happening? The barrel is full of stuff, so that's going on the bottom. Mm-hmm. The crate is empty, so that's going on top of the barrel. And then how tall is that? Oh, you're stack. Oh, 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 you're stacking them. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's high enough to where you can get to where you can get there. Oh, okay. Hmm. Sweet. Uh, I climb up and I help uh, Rufus and Graveyard up with me. Okay. We clamber up to this upper archway. Mm-hmm. So you notice that there's, to your left, are two of those murder mites lodged into the door. You see one on the left side is red and one on the right side is blue. The murder mites? Yep. I guess we saw the other ones were blue and red with their opposing mm-hmm. angle arrows. Yep, it's a, it's the same angle. It's another red and blue one. Oh, oh, there's two. Oh, there's three. One of each. Okay. Hey, Graveyard, um, I believe this is on you doing the boop boop thing. <laughs> oh, they'll be on me soon. Um, <laughs> and I start booping. <laughs> okay. Hey, 
they boop at you and they come crawling <laughs> off the door. You see as they as they detach themselves from the door, you can see the door kind of shift a bit as they're kind of moving. Oh, oh and this door that they're on is the same look and design as the vault door, except it's just smaller and only has one of those key things on each side. Oh, do we want to check out this room first before we head back down, or are we being cautious? What killed the dwarves again? Drowning. Oh, suffocation. Suffocation. <laughs> Possibly from the from the landslide from hundreds of years back. I don't breathe, so I could be the the guinea pig. Although I won't be able to tell you if there's air or if there is not air. I just won't fall down. Well, so we have a pile of dead corpses. We have a archaeologist who says that they suffocated in here. And here we have perfectly breathable air, which means perhaps one of these things triggers a vacuum mm. in the room that we are in. And the dwarves are evidence of a danger here. The more pokes and prods we do, the more chances we have of, I, I think, in traps. You know, I'm a carpet fitter. I didn't, we did know that about you, yes. <laughs> um, so is the door now locked that there are no creatures in it? It looks like it was locked and it's still, it's still, well, it's not, I wouldn't say it's locked, but it's too heavy to move open. But And the, as I said before, you saw a red one on one side and a blue one on the other. But, okay, can I swap them? If you attempt to swap them, the red and the blue one, yeah. uh, nothing happens. Dang it. But you see that when you they go back into the door, remember how I said the door kind of shifted a bit when they moved? You see it kind of seize up a bit again. Like it actually closes more. When they're in it? When the two of them are in it, yes. All right, we should pull them back out. Maybe there was an issue where with the landslide and all the doors closed tighter, there was no air coming through or something. I don't know. And then I want to lean against the doors without the robots on and see if it just opens. Nope, nothing happens when you lean on it. Should we put the robots back for now to open the door? Yes. Right. And plop them back in. Oh, which ones? The ones we just grabbed. Uh, uh, the, the, the same ones that were in there? Okay, yeah. nothing happens. You just All see, right. we might like need... I say, you take them out and then put them back in where they were. And it, once again, the door looks like it closes up you know, harder when you put them in. So is there, or do their symbols match the symbols of the other two we already got? Yes. Hmm. Can I orient them so that the arrows are pointing like away from the opening of the door? So instead of it closing the door, like the two arrows pointing towards each other, have them pointing away. So the energy or force or whatever might be um, bound to whatever symbols these guys are oriented in. Mm -hmm. so As you go them. to disor take them out again, um, your hand slips and one kind of the underside kind of faces the other and they immediately just like clasped together oh, <laughs> like, like two magnets, like two magnets when you're attempting to do it. And one fall and then one falls on its back. And when it falls on its back, it goes doot doot. And you see kind of turn off. And then the other one kind of crawls off of it or is able to crawl off of it now. So when they're both activated, they're magnetic. Mm -hmm. But when they're not activated, they are just metal. I don't know what to do with this information, but we learned something. 
It means if you want to repel so that you open the door, you want the arrows to push outwards, put two of the same color on, you know, on the left and on the right, oh. and they will like two north poles next to one another, right? I like that plan. Okay. Repel and open the door. Go get your buddies from the big door. Yeah, I will do that. So I'll grab the red one. Because there's a red and a blue up up on this way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'll grab a red one. Slap the two reds together in the door. Mm -hmm. So as you go down to grab those, you actually hear a loud banging coming from the other side. As though something's trying to break through the door. And Hello goes, oh man, that, that must be them trying to... Pull out. You're able to get the things, but they're having a hard time getting through. Is this the second floor door that we've been trying to open or the large metal door? No, this is this is the big vault door. When when Graveyard went down to collect those, you start hearing a banging coming from the other side of the big vault door. I gotcha. Oh. And Hellwick's saying, oh, that must be them trying to break out from this side. Interesting. From the other side. Huh. We could just blow it up. <laughs> Why am I standing on the barrel when I could roll the barrel up to the big metal door? And I feel like we're so close to finishing this, though. I, okay, second floor. Se let's open the door to the second mm. floor room, and then we blow things up. I love tre this character. This character doesn't like explosions as much as my other characters did. This character likes money. so. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah. Graveyard's going to scramble up with the other colors, and we're going to try this. Mm-hmm. So you put the two of the same color in, and lo and behold, you hear it start to shake, and then they just the metal door just pushes itself apart. And looking inside, you see you um, get hit with the smell of finely aged alcohol. Um, mm. On the end that you're at is a bed with a chest at the foot of it, a bookshelf and a desk with some things on it. On the other end are crates and barrels, two fancy rugs, fancy this time. <laughs> are laid out on the floor. And there's a stairwell leading down between the crates and barrels. This is someone's home. It looks like it's been abandoned long ago. Okay. I want to break open a crate. Mm -hmm. So the first crate you break, break open has an occultist's cloak. That's something for you you could wear. Okay, I'll look it up. And in addition to that, you just find generic old clothing. Nothing of value. Okay. Oh, I'm definitely putting that on. So the as soon as you put that on, you look over to the right where the barrels are, and you, as you, as a pirate, you know exactly what those are. Those are barrels of rum and whiskey and all the types of aged liquor down here for hundreds of years. Oh man. Okay, so <laughs> just so you guys know, the occultist uh, and to give me like a f understanding of it. The Occultist's Cloak allows the wearer a minus D6 bonus to spellcast checks. How do you guys feel like I would roll a second D6 and minus that from the first one? Okay. I think it's very useful. After mm -hmm. which the cloak... Oh, but then the next cast has Time. a yep. plus penalty. Oh, well, that's entertaining. What does that rod do that you found all that way back ago in part one do? What rod? The one that has a weight of two. Yeah. Oh, 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 the gnarled gem oh, the staff. staff. Yeah, that um, was amazing, and it gave me minus two to intellect checks. 
and has a one wow. in six chance of the gem embedded in the staff breaking, rendering it useless. But that hasn't happened yet. And at that point, we burn it. Exactly. By the way, yep. I'm full up now. By the way, with Rufus, I know you were looking for the um, the danger mites, and you find oh, another. Yeah. You've, you're able to find two more and another crate. So we have six now. Mm-hmm. And the, both of those are red. Oh, dang it. So I have a theory about the magnet things now. There were six on the big door. We got to do like opposing colors, right? Mm-hmm. So that it, it opposes, yep, magnets. Mm. What are they? All right. Oh, then four red, two blue would work. Yes. Top two As... red, middle oh, two blue. Oh, you're right. Oh, Yo, you're right. I didn't red. think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't all need to be red. They just need to have an op- the opposite one needs to be the same color. That's why I bring they, the intelligent ones can't... along. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I have an intellectual <laughs> too. But they can't all be red down the line because they will repel one another. So it has to be the same color on the outside and a different color in the middle on, ah, on the left. Yes. And to describe it to the listener, um, you know how we're all rolling D6 dice? Look at a D6 dice. The dots of the D6 are the dots of this door three in a column and then on the other door three in a column that's a brilliant way to put it thank you i was trying so hard to describe it a certain way to make it easy but no it's very difficult to try to word that that's perfect thank you yeah it's a two by three grid but i thought i like the d6 analogy it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. to understand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um there is something that catches tamara's eye and it's an overcoat that's laying over over top of a chair. And you see it's Aurochs Opulent Overcoat. Hmm. Oh, I see that it increases coin and gem findings by a D6. Mm-hmm. Well, I put it on. Mm-hmm. It weighs <laughs> and it- one. And when wow. you put it on, you notice inside the pockets are 100 gold pieces, two Alexandrite gemstones, and a key. I can't put it on. I don't have the weight. Cause, oh, well, I'm not currently moving the barrel. Um, <laughs> I do like Alexandrite. That's well, a gem that's either one color or another, depending on the lighting. We could always... I could carry the cloak down for you. You could <laughs> roll the barrel to the big door in case the magnets <laughs> don't work. We can blow it up, but then you could just put the cloak on. Oh, you make a good point. I don't need to wear the cloak. Only when I find treasure. So before I open a chest, I'll put the cloak on. Archibald, you carry this for now. <laughs> so Archibald is, is has Oroch's opulent overcoat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Actually, Archibald can just open chests for me. I don't need to open chests. I just need to get what's inside. That's true. Oh, uh, yes. So he <laughs> opens it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'd like to know how much gold the carpets on the ground are worth. Oh, yes. This is, you find a fancy red carpet worth 50 gold and a royal blue carpet worth 100 gold. Oh, boy. Whoa. So that's a weight of one and a a value of 100 gold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. We're burning it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the price per ounce but remember, you know, on, this, on the checkout sticker for this. But we do mm-hmm. have to remember that these are all artifacts. Or wait, no, these aren't the artifacts. Are they? If you find it at a historical site, it's an artifact, I think. <laughs> Fair point. All right. Well, the other things you find, like I said, the lock or the lock chest, you say you're going to have Archibald open it up with the key. Yeah. yeah. 
wearing Orax opulent <laughs> overcoat. So I'll well, roll he opens it up, a D6. And he f- uncovers three diamonds worth 100 GP each and a gold music box worth 500. The gold music box weighs one as well. What? The gold music box is 500 gold for a weight of one. We have finally tipped the scales, you guys. It's something that <laughs> is worth more than it weighs. <laughs> um... And then the diamonds, do they fall into the gemstone policy of not having any yeah, weight? Yeah, they're, they're weightless. Ooh-hoo. So. Archibald drops the mace trap and is carrying a gold music box. Okay. Mm-hmm. And let's see, is there anything else in this room? Well, hang on. Mm-hmm. Orox Opulent Overcoat says it increases coin and gem findings by D6. So mm-hmm. if he was wearing that, do we roll a D6 to add more? Yes. Roll a D6 for each. Roll a D6 for gold and a D6 for gemstones. Oh, go for it. What you find. Go for it, Tamara. So okay. tell me what it is for gold. I was just reading One. it. One. So it's just 10 gold. And then roll a second time for gemstones. It was also one. And a garnet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't find much more, unfortunately. Rufus, you've got the diamonds? Mm, yeah, there were three. Yep, three diamonds. Okay. And there are other crates, and inside one of those crates is an um, Saint Gerlach's vestments. Is it what? Oh, that's Saint Ger- Gerla- Oh, Saint Gerlach's vestments. I'm sorry. So I have that right here. It's mm. has the prayer resurrection sewn onto its sleeves, but it's two. But it's for you there, uh, graveyard. I will drop the dwarven armor that I picked up. Mm-hmm. And how do you spell? Saint, and then that word. Oh, S-A-I-N-T. I see it right here. I N T. Gerlock. Gerlock. G E R L A K. Saint Gerlock's vestments. Okay. Um, so three diamonds, one garnet. It smells like juniper, wormwood, and rot. Mostly rot, it says. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And in the final crate, you open it up, just a single item. A rug rolled up. You can't see it yet. I unroll it. It is. Oh, let me find the description of it. It's, wait, where is An extravagant carpet depicting a map of draws is worth 250 gold. And it weighs one. It has a weight of one. Hey, finally have a rug that tips the scale. Everyone's finding all these treasures. And you hear a louder banging coming from below. And you hear rocks all around you start falling. We need to get out of here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hailwig's like, oh, they're going to bring the place down. They're trying to break through the door and it's going to cause another cave-in. But then we have to rescue you again, which would cost you more money. So we should open the door, get your friends out, and all leave together. That mech has a big hand. It should be able to hold some chests on its own. And you guys can carry a chest each, I'm sure. Okay. So we need to get Great. into the vault? Yes. Mm. Let's take these magnet bugs and Clamber open down. that door to help the friends escape, although the way behind us was blocked off, right? So technically we'll go out their way. Yeah. So, yeah, them. you have to go through the uh, the vault door. Hellwick says there should be an elevator being manned by uh, elevator, uh, Randy, the elevator man. He's, <laughs> it should be It's further ahead. If we go through there, we can escape that way. Okay. Randy. Elwig, let's open this door. Yes. <laughs> slap them. And slap, slap them, them mites in. Yeah, slap them in mites the, in. 
appropriate order with opposing magnetic poles mm-hmm. or corresponding magnetic poles. The top row is red. Yeah, then blue. Yeah. Then red. What happens? So as you do that, they all, the little murder mites get inside the door and they activate it. It starts to slowly open up. And as it's slowly opening up, you see a, a spotlight shining through, like all dramatic, like like in a movie. <laughs> it just feels, it just it blinds you guys, ah, as it opens up and revealing itself as a, this giant mech with that spotlight on its head. And it's got a drill hand standing on two legs. It's, it's a clockwork dwarven design. And you see on its, on its chest, it has the same designs as those, as the vault doors before, where you got those, you know, it, it's, it's a slot for the danger mites. And inside, you can't see them, but you know that they're there. You can see a bunch of kobolds inside the mech operating it. And they seem to have lost control of it now. They can't, they can barely hold on to it. So this is the uh, start of another combat. So you guys can go ahead and roll for initiative again. Hellwig's waving after trying to get them to stop, but they can't stop themselves. Okay, so we're not in control of the thingy. So you have to roll initiative. Which was our agility added. Okay, I got a six. Ten. Mm. I, I got an eight. And I've got a four with this mech. Okay, so we all get to go See first. this mech, it's real tough. I don't know what you guys have equipped, but it looks like it's just <laughs> rushing forward. There's nothing you can do. GM. Fight. Hmm? Yeah, there's there's one thing we could do. <laughs> yeah. So I have a, an initiative of 10, right? Mm-hmm. Do I go first? Yes. <laughs> All right. I have only one thing in my possession right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a barrel. Mm-hmm. Of Hestia's bestias sour cream and onion <laughs> potato chip dust. You can attempt to enable or disable a trap. To enable a trap, you must have one in your inventory. Mm-hmm. Check. And follow yep. its instructions or find a disable trap already placed. I um, have proficiency in bomb trap. That's the thing that I chose. Mm-hmm. Make a successful agility check. I'm going to roll. I have to roll below my four, mm-hmm. right? Well, okay. four or below. Yeah. Okay. So I... Roll the barrel. I'm I'm first. I'm faster than my friends because I'm rolling a giant barrel. You're used to rolling out <laughs> carpets, so you're, yeah, you know. <laughs> and I'm pushing it forward. And honestly, it's kind of downhill, so like the barrel's rolling itself. And <laughs> I'm treating this. Uh, it's a success, GM. GM looks confused. Mm-hmm. I'm narrating. Uh, it says bomb trap comes with a jar slash barrel filled with explosive powder, and then I need a flint and a stone tile, which I have because I have a bomb trap, just a mm-hmm. smaller amount the trap must be placed on the ground with the activation tile placed on top of it so it's in front of it instead of on top of it so Mm. this mech is rushing forward out of control and it rushes into the trigger tile a creature that walks on the tile or bumps into it rushing Mm. out of control must make an agility check the difficulty of which is based on the trap setter's agility mod and sets off the bomb in a failure creatures in a 20-foot area around the bomb would take damage when it goes off so i'm gonna push it forwards and set the plate and run backwards. But mm-hmm. I might get caught up in it and die. <laughs> <laughs> See, everyone else backing off as well, because Archibald and Hellberg were oh, man, what? No! And they're running out of the way. I ran forward. This is the start of the battle. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. 
So, uh, GM, please, uh, or do I? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, creature that walks on the tile, so. Oh, I do. Yeah, uh, for the mech. Well, it, it would wait until it go until it moves, so you guys can have a chance to move out of the way. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. On its turn, this will happen. Okay, run! There are two wings that you guys can hide behind easily. Okay. All right, so who's next? I think I am, and uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to hide behind one of the wings and uh, see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to get buried and die here because I was like, hey, there's seismic activity. Let's make it crush us. I would love to be buried here and die. I guess I'll try to, uh, so that's my movement. I'll also cast Word of Smiting. Can I roll for that against the mech? Um, yes. I got a natural one, so I think that succeeds. Oh, perfect. And it does more damage against mechanical enemies. Yes. Ooh, nice. Um, so it does 2d6 against this guy. Mm-hmm. A total of six. Perfect. Okay. Takes a heavy hit, lurches back a bit, but still running, f- lurching forward. All right. So next would be Rufus. I will take off at a run to the... One of the wings, the one opposite of where Graveyard is. Mm -hmm. And then while I'm over there, I suppose I'll send, if it's acceptable, a... Well, I don't want to set off the bomb early. Well, it's probably fine. Actually, I'll do... Hmm. Can I I do a lightning bolt? Slash, sorry, it's fireball, but I called it lightning bolt for fun. Mm -hmm. Is that... What do you guys think? Is that a good idea or is that a bad idea? You could set it off early. Yeah, I don't know if I wanted. to... Is that what you're thinking of? I I was thinking of that, but I don't know if the thing's close enough. I'd say it's close enough. Oh, okay. Because the, yeah. the range of the fireball spell is like 10 feet, an explosion in 10 feet. Um, mm-hmm. So if that's fine with the team, I will get around the corner, hold out my good hand, and release a fireball, but I'm calling it a lightning ball. Uh, for my character, because he's Mm -hmm. storm-based. So I'm going to cast a spell. It says, Blast all creatures in a 10-foot area in the same room as the caster with 2d6 damage. Objects worn worn or in the vicinity of that 10-foot thing um, will have a chance to catch fire for one dungeon turn. So it seems like it would maybe make this happen. Don't know. Um, I'm going to roll and see if the spell works. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got a one, so that definitely works. Oh, that hits definitely works. Yep. And then you hit it, and when you hit it, it actually takes double damage from electric attacks. So, <laughs> okay. So is that is that four d six or is that two d six times that, two? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I do two d six times two. Okay. So roll two d six. That was terrible. I got three damage times two is six. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Another six. I rolled a one and a two. <laughs> so that hits, and that actually sets off the Hest- barrel Hestias Bestias slash Super giant powder keg bomb. <laughs> and it, it everyone's out of, you know, behind cover, behind those big walls, and it explodes. Boom! Just the whole, just a huge explosion hitting everything in that, in that, Big hallway. All the columns are smashed up. The the bridge that's over top crumbles down. And the murder mites? 
<gasps> the murder I'm about the kobolds. No, the kobolds are... Th- oh, the kobolds in the... Me- oh, yes, definitely. The kobolds are definitely out. Oh, no. <laughs> that was... A, it was a huge explosion. I mean, it was 13d6 by the... You know, by the mechanics aspect. So that's a pretty big explosion. <laughs> oh, well, you have to roll for damage. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so normally a bomb trap is 3d6. And before you knew that, you said it was five bomb traps, but you can change that number because now you know that mm-hmm. whatever you want. I'll rule it as you just rule as a normal bomb trap. Okay. And we'll just wow. say the explosion is five times as large. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. But still a spectacular. A one, a one, and a two. One, one, and a two. So that's two, three, four. So surprisingly, the mech is still up. It's still up, but it looks like it's about to break down any moment now. Okay, so we didn't kill all the kobolds inside. No. Just for fun, <laughs> I did roll 13d6 just now, and it was 52 damage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, this makes sense. It's just a huge explosion that actually just... The shock wave is larger. I'll okay. say that. Cool. Because I wasn't expecting a, I wasn't expecting a fifteen or a fifteen d six explosion. Tonight. <laughs> so yeah. we're done turn order wise. So is it mm-hmm. the things? And then it's the next turn. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. So it's gonna move up and it's gonna f- attack the guy that used the giant uh, electrical circuit. So it's lurching up. It moves forward and it. Okay, hold on. Oh, you roll to dodge. Okay. And that's agility? No, it's just no, no. It's based on what number you tell me. Do you have any damage resi- resistance? Oh, I do now. I have a smiling mask that adds a one. Yes, yeah, so that's one. So go ahead and roll. Okay, I got... Uh, I probably did not succeed. I got a six, so... Six, five. Nope, it hits you. Dang it. And it hits you with that drill hand, though it's clumsily hitting at you, grazes you a bit. And deals five damage. Oof, duh. Okay. The drill hand's not working anymore. It seems like it stopped working after the explosion there. So that means I am down to three. Okay. And goes back up to the top, starting with Tamara. The thing hit Rufus. I throw my ghost blade at the mech. Ooh, I know what's coming. Let's see what happens. <laughs> First... I'm going to roll a d6, and I'm going to say a 6 triggers this thing. So let's see if it triggers. That's a 4. No. Mm-hmm. And that's going to definitely be a hit, because you have the extra AR coming from the ghost blade. Yeah, and two. You can... hmm? Yeah, two. Oh, two. Mm-hmm. Yep, that definitely hits. Okay. So... Uh, so, damage. How is damage done in this game again? Um, yeah. it's a dagger, so it's two, it counts as a dagger, so it's two plus your agility mod since uh, you're throwing pers- it, so it's six it. total. Yeah. So that was... So the a thrown dagger, okay, yeah, hits the mech, I'm going to say, in a hydraulic line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you hit the hydraulic line, you see it lurch back, it starts stepping around, and his leg blows up, and then it falls on its back, and out pops the kobold from the inside. Nice. And after that large or that large thing like lumbers back, it hits the ground, it shakes the earth, and you can feel that the entire cave is about to come down. Oh boy. So now you guys are in a rush. Uh you can see dust and rocks falling from the ceiling. See some of the columns losing their support. 
and everyone, including Hellwig, the other three kobolds, and Archibald are kind of looking around, freaking out, like, we got to get out of here. But you know the way back is blocked off. So the, the only way out is... To quote a famous adventurer, the only way through is through. And so <laughs> we <laughs> are going to have to charge through the vault door, and I want to grab whatever treasure we can on the way, maybe? Mm-hmm. And say, so you guys are look at all the kobolds and say, Helwig, get your buddies to grab what they can and let's go. <laughs> so it's a daring escape. You guys are on your way through that vault door. You reach inside with the torches and you see at least 30 chests all around. Oh, this is the Some of them are already adventure. opened. Some of them are closed and locked. But you only have enough time to kind of look through them and kind of pick and choose. Haven't got that many dungeon turns. Tamara is spending far too long at the gold piles, and she should be running, and she's not. It's mm. a problem. I'll tell you one. Okay, the first chest you come across, or for Tamara, one second. I think she's is, just going gold. She, items have to be calculated, just grabbing gold. Grabbing sacks of coins, sacks of coins, sacks of yes. coins. You see one sack of coins, 200 gold pieces inside, weighs one. Another and then a sack of gemstones with 500 GP worth of gemstones. Oh, there it's you. gemstones, but it's a sack of them, 500 assorted, a bunch of cheap ones. It weighs one as well. And you see another, uh, you see another sack, and it looks like a really big sack. And you open it up, and you see a jeweled dagger inside, a spatula, and a magician's cap. Okay. <laughs> oh, and also it doesn't weigh it. That that big sack weighs twice as much as the normal sacks. But it seems like everything else, it's a, it's a bag of holding. Oh. It has a bunch of stuff inside. Unfortunately, Tamara will perish here if you guys don't stop her. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she's finding a bunch. Oh, the jeweled dagger acts as a normal dagger, but it's worth 300 gold. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> Tamara's just like, ooh, money, money. So um, you go. I was going to send Hellwake to get Tamara kind of moving. Mm-hmm. So Helwig goes up, Tamara, we've got to go. Grab everything we can. I throw the jeweled dagger at, well, no, not. (laughs) (laughs) I hand the jeweled dagger to the kobold, which will convince me to leave if, you know. Okay, if he carries it for you. Yeah. (laughs) He says, I could carry more. Uh, And he looks over another chest and grabs some scrolls. Like, I think the the other is like scrolls. Uh, No, scrolls. Don't have any gold value. I So I, I smack the scroll out of the cobalt hand. I load it up with gold. It's carrying, uh, I think, 200 gold equals one weight. And NPCs are as strong as me, which is an encumbrance of five. So that's 1,000 gold per NPC. Okay, but, okay, but we were supposed to grab artifacts and they were going to pay us. Yeah. I was going to ask if there's any books around because that's what I'm going to look for is books and literature. Plenty of antique books each round. Uh, each of them weigh one but they're priceless antique books. Yes. So I have an encumbrance left of, I think I have five, because I'm not carrying anything, because the armor I was wearing I dropped for vestments that don't, oh, they do weigh. So I have an encumbrance of three, so I'll take two books, Mm -hmm. because they both weigh one, right? Mm -hmm. And I will take something that looks Norse, Mm-hmm. So anything that looks kind of like that, like within my kind of religious wheelhouse? Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty of books like that. Um, Tamara, you like I said, you had that bag of holding. It's actually got a different name. I, I couldn't see the name at the moment, but it's called where is it? It's called um, Hoyne's Handed Heavy Sack. That's what it is, and it can hold up to twenty load. Oh my! So you can start just loading stuff in there too. Let's fill it full of. <laughs> treasure you guys we're all gonna die here my character is an idiot <laughs> like how uh, the, don't the worry about world too is much. shaking the <laughs> columns are toppling the yeah. you know the lifeblood of the mech is leaking out of its i have cable i have yeah. a plan for this how much does a person weigh i was gonna stun you too <laughs> <laughs> well, even like more than that, you've all just joined me. <laughs> I know, I know, but now that we're seeing the fever look in, fevered look in your eyes with all the treasure, can can but, a, but Tamara, that chest over there has five gold bars weighing or worth two hundred gold pieces each. You guys you are just start definitely not helping. In. You're making no, no. it worse. I want to know, D G M, how much does a person weigh encumbrance wise? Uh, unknown. <laughs> What? Why you? Why, tell me what you're attempting to do. I was gonna let Tamara fill up the sack and then put her to sleep, and carry her out of here. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> that's fine. That'll work. I like how you you've just been encouraging me. Yes, get that treasure, get that treasure, and then you knock me out. <laughs> well, we gotta. There has to be a stop point, and the stop point is twenty. Yeah, well, we did. Ha- we had time. You find another sack right. of coins. You find. Another, you find a diamond, you find jade and tanzanite, you find so much money and items, things weighing you down, and then she finally finds everything and <laughs> fills up everything with all these valuable items, the books, priceless things, and she fills up, it's like, guys, guys, what's up? And then you put her to sleep. That's You could use your words. <laughs> that is my plan. So I'm going to say, <laughs> Tamara, now, as a pirate, I fully understand what's happening here, but we are going to die if we don't leave, and I am going to carry you out of here one way or the other, or we can all go now, but we gotta go. You're right. I have plenty of gold, and I must live to enjoy it. Exactly. Uh, But before we leave, I would like to cast Locate one more time, (laughs) and I want to know if I could locate the most expensive weight to gold ratio item in this room. <laughs> See, this is the problem is that my friends are even more obsessed with treasure than I am. <laughs> Would you say you're looking for something that is the most valuable thing to Rufus T. Carbuckle? 100% to just Rufus. Yes. Do a, ro- do a, lo- do a lo- roll for locate. Oh, I got a one. I got a super success. It, it targets directly to one of the scrolls on the ground. Oh, Okay. I snatch it up as my last encumbrance. Let me see what it's called again. Scroll of prosthetic hand maneuverability. (laughs) How did you? How did you get? Um. Okay. Amazing. (laughs) It is on the word of awakening scroll. It can be used to awaken an inanimate object (gasps) and bring it to life. Oh my gosh. Wait, I could be a real boy? Or I, uh, no, he could have a hand. I could have we a got hand. priorities, Graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're already a real boy. You don't have to cast it now. Okay, I scoop it up as my last encumbrance, and then I hightail it out of the room with the rest of the t- yes. team. Mm-hmm. 
So you start making your way to the top. The rocks start crashing down. They start hitting the chest. Gold's flying everywhere past you guys as you're running past. Just waves of gold. Everything's getting crushed, unfortunately, because of the cave-in. But you guys snatched all you could and all the riches and all the glory and all the artifacts. And you make your way to that door. You come across and you're faced with a spike pit. But it's okay because there's a collapsible ladder on this side of the spike pit. So you take that <laughs> spike pit and you're able to put it over and walk safely over to the elevator that's on to the right. And Harold is there? Or Henry? What was his name? The kobold? He was Randy. Oh, Randy. Randy. So, wow, I was just waiting. There's, there's Randy's Randy not there in the elevator, but you do see a, a can tied to a string that extends at the shaft like a makeshift telephone. <laughs> Well, I'm not talking. I don't have the favor for it. <laughs> I'd be graveyard still. I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'm going to say like, uh, you know, Randy, I have your friend down here. Uh, we're with Hellwake. You should probably let us up now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me. Yes. Uh. And he tries to work the elevator. And it's like, oh, man, it was broken a while back. Now it's still working. Let's go, boys. Get everyone in the elevator. <laughs> All right, we climb. Come on, cave's collapsing. All right, we Let's jump go. in. So everyone gets in the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It's just big. It's a it's a rather large elevator. Everyone's able to to squeeze in there with all <laughs> their treasure and goodies. Just enough. Hellwig is the last one in and jumps in. The elevator closes up. You guys start. It gets all of you getting lifted up by this one strong kobold, as it seems. And all the while, every time you get lurched up a little bit, he's like, oh, yeah. And you get lurched up, oh, yeah. Lurched up, oh, yeah. As this is happening. And you can feel the cave collapse underneath you guys as you guys are going up, getting pulled up. And fi- guys finally get to the top, and it's like, he celebrates, oh, yeah. Love it. And that's it. You guys were able to plunder the loot and escape with your lives. Wow! Follow this goodness. stuff to your name, and you can take this to the museum. The artifacts you don't want, or the artifacts—they'll take the artifacts from you. But the director of the underground expeditions is extremely thrilled with what you guys were able to get, and allows you to take one artifact with you. Ooh! But in the case of Rufus, too, because you got that—you know—the <laughs> mask. Yeah. Well, that's—I came with that. Um, the scroll doesn't count as an artifact. The scrolls. You can keep the scrolls. They say, you know what, for your payment, we're in business of artifacts, not the business of gold and gems. You guys can keep all the gold and the gems and the bars and everything else, like the money. And it comes up to about roughly about 4,000 gold each. Wow. In value. That's much. You got to get about 4,000 gold each in value. Wow. Um, Question as the DM. Mm-hmm. GM, um, this smiling mask. If I were to make it sentient, and ideally I would cast this on my hand, my glove, my wooden glove hand. But if I were to make the mask sentient, do you think I could convince it to leave, <laughs> or does the curse need to be broken in a different way? Hmm. Probably. Uh, no, it need to be broken with a disenchant. Well, then I will. <laughs> If if you don't mind, I will take all I care about is the scroll, and you guys would see me pull out 
this articulated wooden glove that I've been carrying forever. And I would be like, finally, the time has come. And I plop the glove on my hand and I am going to try to use the scroll of awakening. I was trying to find it and I don't know, I don't see it. Is it somewhere in the spells that I'm missing? It's in, oh, it's in the, it's in the prayers section. Oh, it's not a spell. Meanwhile, Graveyard is looking at you forlornly, like the Pinocchio who was denied the ability to get flesh. Oh, that was, that was a bit of a joke. Um, Graveyard in general um, is quite happy with his function. Okay. That, that was more of a joke. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sad. All right. Cause I, I'm like, I look sadly and I, I like to comfort you. I hand you an Alexandrite <laughs> and I say, see this gem? How it is uh, purple in one color and green in another light. Green, how it is purple in one light and green in another light. Yes. It's pretty, take it. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought there was going to be more to that story. (laughs) (laughs) There was going to be, but you looked like you expected it, and I cannot give the expected. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to put it in my pouch. Oh, and for Rufus, I, you won't have to roll for the scroll. It'll just automatically work because it's sort of like a story thing. So oh, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. I was going to say, unfortunately, just, I have to make a favor check and I'm going to Yeah, fail. I kind of noticed that at the end. <laughs> it just worked out really well that there's an actual scroll in the book that can do the thing. So, so can we? Well, I could have just cast it for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you could because you could make it. Mm-hmm. It looks like you can make it a more complicated construction. With a... No, it works on more. This is the minimum because oh, oh, okay, it's just a simple okay. right. constructive hand. I hand Graveyard. Graveyard and I have traveled together a lot, and I say, you have to do it. And I hold my hand out like this, and I wait for the prayer. So uh, Graveyard is going to uh, clasp your hand in like that very stereotypical 80s action movie, oh, yeah. like <laughs> bros, bros handshaking oh, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> nice. If I had muscles, they'd be flexing. Um, and uh, you don't, you don't feel anything, and the hand is an articulate. And then, do you want me to roll for it, or is this a kind of a thing I can just do? You could just do, yeah. So uh, it, there's going to be uh, light emitting from inside of uh, our clasped palms, and uh, then when the light goes away, it seems like nothing happens, and then you squeeze my hand back. Nice. But here's the thing. When his hand squeezes you back, you're like, I can feel you squeezing my hand. And Rufus, you're like, but I'm not squeezing. And then the hand wiggles and it lets go of um, Graveyard's hand and it looks around. It's, it, look, it looks like it's looking around even though it doesn't have eyes. And it looks at Rufus and it starts slapping you back and forth. Oh, because it's sentient. Yes. It's not your hand. It's a sentient hand. And it's attached to Rufus. Can it talk like how you do like a sock puppet? No, it's it's it can't talk. So it's I'm just sentient. Fighting with this hand. Yeah, you're you're fighting your hand. Stop hitting yourself. Oh my gosh. With yes. a stupid so smiling while, mask on too. Yes. So while you're doing that, you know what? That's the reason why it doesn't like you because you had that stupid mask on. Okay. I could imagine that being the reason why. So it's smacking you. But it looks but it looks you don't have control of the hand, but the hand is attached to you and it works. But you don't have control over it. All right. Well, I look at At least not yet. I look at everyone. You can imagine it being like a... I was going to say, I look at everyone as I'm fighting it, and I say, 
baby steps. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> so you have this articulate hand now, but does not belong to you. Okay. Like you can't control it, but it acts like a companion now that you're going to have to learn to get along with. All right. So I yes. have handcuffs. Do you want me to like handcuff your hand to your belt? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's, it's hands just like, Keeps like like this, like punching my leg, like ow, ow. <laughs> All right, wonderful. Yep. So that's what happens. <laughs> and I think, oh yeah, what artifact? Because the director is letting you guys leave with one of the artifacts you guys took with you, and that's like those magic weapons or arm or. Well, let me know what the artifact you want to take with you. Like the opulent overcoat would be one. Um, the vestments might be one. Um. Um. The, the halberd would be another one, so you guys are allowed to take one with you. Hmm. Choices. I think I know what I'm going to take, um, but those books, are they just books, or they're is just, there any kind they're of... They're just priceless books. Okay, you can That's If fine. you want to take a book with you, you can flavor one however you like. Nah, you can just have them all. Um, okay. And uh, I, I'll take the St. Gerlax vestments, because I think that's the only thing I have. Oh, I have the paper hat, too. Um... Hmm. I can cast resurrection prayer for free, or I'd say go with the vestments because you sacrificed your cloak. Now you got a new one. Yeah, I'm gonna take the vestments. Mm -hmm. You can have that look however you want. I just imagine a pope's vestments, but you can flavor it how you want. It'll be flavored differently for sure, or mm -hmm. it'll be reworked. I have a oh, fabricator yeah. for parents, so mm -hmm. I'll get it. I'll get it reworked. I think just so... to match with uh, uniform regulations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Next, uh, Tamara, what are you going to bring? The player would have kept the draws map rug, but the character is going for that 500 gold music box because mm -hmm. it's the most gold item. Oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count as a... That's not one of the artifacts. Actually, that actually counts towards y'all's final... Oh, nice. Okay. Account. Yeah. That counts towards y'all's final... Uh, you get to keep that. So it'd be the ghost blade or the... That counts as a treasure. Or That's the like gemstones daggers. and gold. Ooh, the ghost. So you can say Tamara like keeps that. That's fine. That's flavor. You can do that. Yeah, then I guess I mean so the problem with the ghost blade is that it It doesn't curse you permanently. It's only for one dungeon turn, so it's like a temporary thing that happens every once in a while. We can reflavor that how you'd like. Yeah, I'm not sure how the mechanics would transfer to You know what I'm gonna i I'm gonna keep is the instructions for a bomb trap. That's all? Well, you could um, that's all. In other systems, Graveyard Shift does have the ability to remove curses. If you did want to hold on to the dagger, theoretically, Graveyard would be able to remove the curse later. Um, but if we want to play in the moment, that I can't do that right also, now. Also, as a thief, you could try to purposefully turn into a ghost for thief purposes. Yeah, like, that it makes me... Yeah, you could flavor... You could flavor... Ethereal. Just... Nah... The whole point of Tamara Gomez is that she's totally visible to everyone, but no one's looking. Oh, it's that social stealth? You know what? I thought of a good artifact that Tamara might actually value. That Hoyne's um, handed sack. Oh, yeah. The friggin'... That's true. The, the, the not um, bag of holding. <laughs> she has a distaste for magic. Oh. So... I oh, think okay. I'm going to take the instructions for the bomb trap because go. that's fun. That was, okay. Yeah, that was the best part of this. <laughs> okay, and Rufus. Oh, uh, practically, I should take 
a staff or something of that nature, but this glaive is of a storm herald, which is sort of what I am of as well. And so I'm thinking maybe down the line, I was once a swordsman, and if I can get this hand in line, maybe I can become a glaive wielder instead. And so I will take mm-hmm. the glaive of the storm herald. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Okay, you guys can keep that with your characters. Nice. And like I said, 4,000 gold pieces worth of treasure you guys get to keep. Love it. That includes the rug, by the way. I know you said you would have taken the rug, but yeah, that includes the rug. Okay. <laughs> so it seems like most of everything that Tamara wanted was just treasure. <laughs> because money means she can stop working. Uh, definitely as a carpet fitter, but just stop working. And <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah. the museum generously thanks you for your artifact donations. Wonderful. And that's the end of it. And yeah. joining us oh, man. today were Rufus. I am going to have so much fun trying to rip off a mask that's stuck to my face and a glove that wants to punch me. See you guys next time. <laughs> Graveyard. Listeners, listen listen to your Uncle Graveyard for a second. <laughs> um, the greatest treasure that we found today was friendship. <laughs> <laughs> And Tamara. What does the floor installer think to themselves when they finally finish installing thin wood flooring? What? I finally finished it? I, I don't know. That was my best. <laughs> at Lath. Oh, at wow. Lath? At Lath. What's, wow. What's, what's Lath? It's thin wood. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> oh, I never that knew is... that. That's interesting. It doesn't hurt me as much because I don't know. <laughs> the psychic damage was lower. Yeah. Ignorance was bliss on that one. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. It's the part of the show where we do a promotion swap with another podcast. If you're a podcast and would like to do a promotion swap with us, let us know. Send us an email at firebreathingkittenspodcast at gmail.com. This week's promotion is for Hellgate City. Have you heard of Hellgate City? In this podcast, a radio DJ gets stuck in a dystopian cyberpunk hellhole New York City. Here's a recent review. Good mix of humor and dystopia. I've been listening for a while, and I think what keeps me listening is the immersive fiction feel, while the humor keeps it from getting boring. Really creative and evocative ideas. And the audio production is high quality, lots of audio tracks and effects throughout. It's good to run to. I find it helps the time pass quickly. Check out Hellgate City, a podcast. And here's their official trailer. Kirby Bevins, host for Neo Amsterdam News. My father disappeared six years ago. I've had amnesia about our final moments until now. Boy, was he irritating. I suspect he ghosted, literally. I could be wrong, but I did wake up 17 times last night, screaming after he said this in a recurring nightmare. Did you see that? Rippling in the air. Was he murdered or worse? Great, now they're on to me. Go to hellgatecity.com.